Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now, starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Here's your host, Michael Ball. And away we go. And I believe I got to get our new liner here. I'm sorry, uh, my fault. I was... uh... Doing a little creative editing behind the scenes, but I do want to uh, give the proper sponsorship. Now, I know this show is brought to you by Saskatchewan Lotteries, great organization, but I, I do want to give them their proper sponsorship that they paid for. Right, Singer? It's only it's only fair, right? Yeah, it's only on. fair. Um, bringing communities together. Sask Lottery Products fund over 12,000 sport, culture, and recreation groups across the province. So not much different than the one I usually... <laughs> Read. So I basically delayed the show for nothing. Basically, what I'm telling you is I was right, and I should never doubt myself. I'm here with Sean Kleisinger. It's Michael Ball. You can get a hold of us, 936-6262. It's our text line, and it's powered by the Capital Auto Group. All our guests come to you via the Western Pizza hotline. Order the Rough Riders sweet deal from Western Pizza and enter your name for a chance to watch a game from a stadium luxury suite. Lots going on on the show today. We got uh, the sack phenom. No, not Lawrence Taylor, but he's playing like him. Matthew Betts will be joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline around 420. Rash Madani for a regular Tuesday spot. Going to hear from Riders Offensive Coordinator Kelly Jeffrey. We have our Indigenous Sports Spotlight. We do it once a month on a Tuesday. Um, and we'll also hear from Glenn Suter. Heroes and Zeros with Huey and Mason Fine, who is the starting quarterback for your Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And in our next segment, we're going to hear from Jeremy O'Daisy met with the media this morning to address the Trevor Harris situation. He's had a surgery. He is uh, good in terms of uh, getting through it. Uh, apparently, he can't have any weight on his foot for six weeks. He won't. Listen, they haven't officially ruled him out, but he's done for the year. But he will be in the quarterback's room helping out Mason Fine, Jake Dolagala, and, of course, Jay Patterson. And boy, don't the riders, you know, people are quick to. Um, be armchair quarterbacks, fans, and even media types like myself. But we said all along, Zinger, why are they keeping four quarterbacks? Did they know something we didn't? Maybe they did. That all these quarterbacks would go down this year. So now I don't know who number two is going to be. Will it be Dolagala, Patterson, short yardage three, or will they flop them around? But uh, it'll go Mason fine, and then however they determine it. Probably Dolagala, then Shea Patterson. That's what I'm thinking, but... I could be wrong. I kind of want to see Patterson get a shot if it comes to that point. We saw Dolagal already a bit. I'll tell you this. He needs a good stretch of games as the starting quarterback, he being Mason Fine. So let's hope that that does happen, and I'm sure that it will. And I'm actually, I didn't I didn't want to see Trevor Harris go down. He is QB1, no doubt about it. But hey. As long as Mason Fine is a better number eight than what Vince Young was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or Homer Jordan. Yeah. There's been a. I don't even think Vince Young took the field. I thought. Did he? I thought actually, Vince Young wasn't number eight here. He was number ten here. Are you sure? Yeah, I think he was number ten. You have to uh, check that out. Google that. I picture in my mind. Maybe he was eight. Maybe he was eight. Maybe he was eight. He was. Was he uh, ten in Texas? Yeah, he was ten in uh, the NFL. Yeah, Texas. maybe he was eight here. Yeah. Maybe I'm getting that confused. Uh, number eight, I think, in Ryder uh, quarterbacking lore. I think Tom Rosance wore number eight. 
Uh, we'd have to check that out. That's yeah, a good one. We were on number one. 11 last year, yeah. uh, last week. <laughs> okay. Um, in the world of sports here, besides that, speaking of quarterbacks going down, Matthew Schill's on the sixth game. So with Bo Levi Mitchell uh, not ready to come back, they sign Antonio Pipkin and... It'll be Taylor Powell as the starter against Calgary. Good luck with that, although I wish him luck. Trey Ford, so says Coach Chris Jones, won't play unless he picks up his play. <laughs> oh, because Taylor Cornelius, uh, Daggy, they've really been lighting it up, Chris. No, he's not uh, picking it up because, or he's not getting a chance because he's a Canadian. Canadiana. Canadiana, yeah. Uh, Jays open up a series against my lowly Padres. They should sweep that series. They've been on fire. Eight of nine. Winners of eight of nine. Padres <laughs> Padres win one. They lose two. They win two. They lose one. They they just can't. Yeah, they, well, watch they, the Padres like sweep the Jays now, and it'll just be like me- meaningless wins for the Padres when the Jays need them. Hmm. Oh, Padres aren't done yet, but they are pretty well done. The Yankees are slumping right now, yeah. which is nice. Uh, the Regina Red Sox oh. are in Fort McMurray. Speaking of slumping, I can't remember the last time they won. They didn't. They were on a losing skid before the All Star break. They came back. Brooks hammered them twenty to seven. They lost in walk off fashion yesterday, three to two, despite eight solid innings from Daniel Crabtree giving up just two runs. Mika Kiprasov going into the Calgary Flames Hall of Fame. That's all well and good. He, he should. Why isn't Theo Fleury in there? Do you think it has to do with his political and vaccine views? Absolutely. But that should have nothing to do. That it should have nothing to do with Theo Fleury not being recognized. Well, it shouldn't, but that's just the world we're living yeah. in. I mean, Garrett Marino got canceled yeah. for allegedly saying some, th- saying some things. Yeah. It's not even about the game half the yeah. time. So Alex Galchenyuk has entered the NHL NHLPA player assistance program after the Coyotes terminated his contract last week. The Coyotes cut ties with the winger less than two. Two weeks after signing him to a one-year two-way deal, uh, Scottsdale Police in Arizona last week said that Galchenyuk had been arrested on charges of private property, hit-and-run disorderly conduct, failure to obey, resisting arrest, and threatening or intimidating. Um, there was no uh, injuries, but property damage um, in the hit-and-run. So. Isn't it amazing how these millionaires, they just act, act like goofballs like that? Like, yeah. Come on. And then they... Uh, get away with it to a certain extent, although he did get cut. Hey, a piece of hockey history is going up for auction, and I think it's being underestimated. Wayne Gretzky's game use stick for the Oilers, Stanley Cup winning, Stanley Cup clinching victory over the Boston Bruins in 1988 will be offered uh, through, is it uh, Southby's, sealed from Tuesday to July 25th. It's estimated that it'll rake in more than 500,000 U.S. at auction. Uh, Gretzky's Stick helped them win their fourth Stanley Cup, earned him his second Consmite Trophy as playoff MVP at 43 points, 12 goals, 31 assists through 19 postseason games. That's the last, I don't know if it's the last, because you use a bunch of sticks in a game. I don't know if that's the last exact stick, but if it is, it should get more than 500000 at auction. That's the last stick he uses in Edmonton Oilers. How do you ever really know when it comes to these auction items? Like, I yeah, would, you don't I would, really know. I would never nah, bid on something like that. I don't like think that. you really know. You're absolutely... Like, There's mean, Gret- no like, proof unless like, Wayne you can tell travel us back. Give you, yeah. Wayne, tell us. We'll give you a nice little chunk of change. Unless you can travel back in time. Unless he hands the me the stick. Unless there's yeah. video of him handing me the stick. No, I agree. Yeah. 100%. That's a good point. And and can we have a drum roll, please? We spent a lot on our uh, sound, hey, uh, look sound it, effects. My hands are red now. Show red. some respect. Say, we'll do it together because this is worth a big drum roll. Ready? Right. Go. 
the sports cage trip, the second annual with Ballsy. And I'm 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 trying to massage it for you too, Zinger. But we're how about some sun, some sand, and some surf? Sand, sun, surf. Could you look up the temperature in December in Miami for me, please? Miami, Florida. Yep, Miami, Florida. What is the general temperature? Uh, the average high is plus 24 degrees. Yeah, so it'll be between 24 and 26. It won't be 24 and 26 in Saskatchewan, okay? We are going to Miami, Florida. We are going to watch the Dallas Stars, who got to the NHL West Final, take on the Florida Panthers, who lost the Stanley Cup to Vegas. We are going to watch the Florida Panthers take on... Sidney Crosby, Malkin, and the Penguins. So you get to see, you know, there's not too many laps around the ice, quality laps around the ice left for Crosby and Malkin, okay? They're still playing, huh? They're both playing, so we get a chance to watch them. (laughs) Maybe if we look up into the rafters, we'll see that uh, boy wonder, Kyle Dubas. Doesn't he run the Penguins now? Yeah, he does. So... We're going to do that, and then it's... Maybe dun, he'll dun, yell dun. at us in the crowd. And then it's... Dun, 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 boom, da, boom, da, boom, boom. Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, and Monday Night Football. It is the Miami Dolphins, the Miami Dolphins against the Tennessee Titans. Dun-dun. I don't know if Derrick Henry will be playing, but I do know Tua Tungavailoa should be the quarterback. Tua if Tungavailoa. If, if, if his uh, brain isn't scrambled. We saw him last year at our sports cage trip. He was scrambled he, at that point. He, he was, no, no, he was playing against yeah, Herbert. I know, yeah, I know he was playing, but he yeah. wasn't playing good. So no, he wasn't playing he was good. scrambled. So we got the Miami Dolphins, Tyreek Hill, Tua Tungavailoa at home at that beautiful stadium in Miami. Hard rock. And I don't know, there, this isn't involved, but included, but I'm sure if there was an NBA game, there'd be an option for you to fi- figure out tickets on your own. Yeah. The schedule's not out yet. So we NBA. don't have the exact price yet because we're trying to nail down the hotel and transfers to and from the stadium. But you will get transfers to and from every game from the ho- from the airport to the hotel. You'll have your accommodations and the airfare built in. It'll probably be what it was last year, which was north of $2,000. It might be a smidgen more because of, we can't help it, inflation, right? Mm. Inflation. In the Biden-Trudeau era, that's what happens. Let's say $2,500. Probably around there, but I don't know for a fact. I think I was 23 last year. So, Miami, Monday Night Football, Dolphins and the Tennessee Titans, Two hockey games during the week, and we always have a party. Now, we're trying to decide, Zinger. We're trying to figure this out. We're either going to do a party like we did at a bar somewhere where you and I did the show, or we're going to do it from, they have a bar area there where there's food and beverages, booze, food Mm. and beverages, and then the hockey at the game, at the hockey game, okay? Oh, they like the party. Yeah, like party at the game. Yeah, so that's what, so we haven't decided that yet. We're trying to figure it out. But anyway. we broadcast a show at the game? uh, I don't think we can do that. Uh. I don't know exactly how that part will work. Anyway, Terry will be on next week, or if he can nail it down by the end of this week, to uh, have the final details. But it is Miami, Dallas, Florida Panthers, Penguins, Florida Panthers, 
Dolphins, Titans. Phone Terry Kazis at CAA Travel Saskatchewan there because these seats are going to go fast. When we come back, an update on QB1 and the GM's thoughts on the next guy in line, Mason Fine. How fine will he be? This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. We're talking sports on your way home. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Saskatchewan. I'm Michael Ball, Sean Kleisinger. Who are you? Text us, let us know. We'll give you a shout out. 936-6262. Rough Riders hit the practice field again. Brandon Council was back from that finger injury. Peter Godber still had his uh, hand in a brace. Well, that's not good. Got a thumb injury, I think. Um, anyway, Braden Lenius can start practicing this week, as Coach told us yesterday exclusively on the Sports Cage, your source for all things sports in the yeah, province. He was on the field today. He was on the field running around, but he can't play until next week. Um, anyway, the guy who is going to quarterback your Saskatchewan Rough Riders in this big game on Saturday. Uh, by the way, they've opened up the top bowl at BC Place. They're doing a, wa- a watermelon crush. So they're crushing watermelons and that's doing, not very nice. Is no, it? no, no, that's good. I like it. I like no, this. I'm just joking. I like the festivities. It's going to be great, man. Riders are. You heard Keith Willoughby, the dean for us. His computer favored 17 point favorites the BC Lions. 17 point favorites. I hope not. That's not very good. That's that, not great. That's two touchdowns and a field goal. That's right. Ballsy. So anyway, we have. Um, Jeremy O'Day from the media conference this morning, where uh, he starts by talking about uh, Trevor Harris and his surgery. He's he's recovering from a surgery. He's been released uh, uh, from the hospital. He's home recovering with his uh, with his family. So we're we're excited that uh, the surgery went well by by all accounts, and and uh, he's on the the road to recovery. So for the most part, it was it was good news outside. He has a lateral meniscus as well that was repaired. Um, and uh, outside of that, it was really just the repair of the bone, um, which uh, which required some plates and screws. Yeah. You, you you hope for as as minimal damage when you when you go in to repair it. But again, I'm 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 not a doctor, but it's uh, it's uh, it, it it went well, and and uh, he's on his road to recovery. Um, well, it's it's definitely going to be a long term. You know, I think it's um, you know it wasn't a situation after talking to the medical staff that they wanted to rule him out for the for the entire season. But it's going to be a you know it's going to be a long term. He'll be um, pretty much non weight bearing for about six weeks, um, and that will be um, you know the the longest period of time. And then from there, he'll start to work on his rehab. He's He's uh, he's already anxious to come back and help the guys in the meeting rooms and stuff, and we're trying to trying to get him to just kind of sit tight at home and, and spend some time with his family and and uh, let his leg heal up a little bit. But um, you know, injuries injuries aren't so much the physical part; it's usually the mental part that the, the athletes go through. They they're used to having pain and going through um, you know training and recovery and stuff like that. But uh, it's the mental part that that will be tough for him. Jeremy, how big of a loss is this for this team to lose a starting quarterback in your, your big free agent acquisition? Um, yeah, I mean, it's your, your, your Trevor's a starter for a reason, and and uh, he's got all the experience in our league and success that he's had, and um, great leadership skills. The things that you get in a, a veteran quarterback is um, them just not playing at a certain level, but also raising the level of the player players around him, being able to direct the the receivers and and uh, 
uh, just the experience of seeing a lot of things in, in game action. So, you know, it's it's uh, it's not something you, you look forward to, but you're also got to be optimistic with uh, the next quarterback's going to get his opportunity, right? So, um, you know, the guys we had in training camp played well, and I thought we were pretty efficient as a quarterback group. And, um, look, we've kept some guys around for a number of years, and, and now they get the opportunity to play. So, um, so we're excited. There's an excitement to that as well, right? So you you you, you have the next player that's going to get an opportunity, and and hopefully he does a great job. And you know, but it's not all going to be on on Mason Fine. It's it's uh, it's it's on everyone on the team. It's a team game, and Mason has his part to play in that, just like Trevor did. And uh, guys will rally, and you know they care about Mason, they care about Trevor. So um, you know, it's part of part of sports. You know, guys get hurt, and the next guy steps up, and and. Uh, and we, we expect him to do a great job for us. Are you going to look at bringing in another quarterback to the room, a veteran guy or another guy? Um, well, Mason's been here for three years, so I mean, it's he's he would be considered a, a veteran guy. And so, um, as far as us looking outside, we're always going to have conversations and and uh, and discussions on, you know, what's the best course of action moving forward. But I don't anticipate us bringing another quarterback and we have Jake here that uh that we also thought had a really good training camp and and uh and Shea Patterson has done a nice job for us as well so at this point we won't look to bring anyone in you haven't seen Mason for into three years now what's your read on what he brings to the table well he's fiery and he's he's um you know he's not uh he's not afraid of any any situations you know the game's not too big for him he's uh He's cool as a cucumber when uh, when he's put in these situations. I was actually standing on the sideline when Trevor went down, and I, I wasn't sure that Mason even had a pulse. And even after um, even after a couple of big drives there and, and the big play, he's he's very calm and collective. I think he's a very confident player. Um, look, he's thrown for a, a ton of yards in, in university, and he's used to having success playing football. So um, he's got a He's got a swagger and a confidence to him that you you want in quarterbacks, and um, you know you you see some progression from from last year uh, at the end of the year into the preseason, and um, you know with different offensive coordinators, it's um, you know it's it's just a little bit different. So um, you know we're just excited for Mason to get that opportunity, and um, the guys will rally around him. He has the ability to do it. You know whether he's gonna do it uh, consistently at, at the high level, that's yet to be determined. But again, you know, guys, don't become veterans and tenure players or, or all-stars or Hall of Famers until they get an opportunity to play, right? So you don't know until he gets his opportunity. So, um, you know, he's going to get a bigger opportunity that he's had in the past, and uh, we're excited to, to see what he can do. Jerry, you've been in situations where your team's lost a quarterback early in, early in the year for the season or for a long period of time, sometimes... It goes south. Other times, the team rallies. There's recent examples of that with the Rough Riders. What do you see as being the key determining factor in whether the team succeeds after losing Trevor? Um, I think there's a lot of variables in that, but I think you know everyone. Um, when you have a younger guy that's not as experienced, everyone has to rally, and and uh, and uh, it's not a matter of trying harder because you know you're 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 your uh, starters out it's just um you know believing in each other and and everyone raising their level of play you, know, you have to um play at a high level when when you have a guy that's less experienced and 
Um, you don't want to rely on that. Sometimes when you got a veteran guy in there, there's a little bit of, of a confidence of, hey, we're going to get it done because we got a veteran in there and he's done it before. And yeah, you know, but um, he hasn't, you know, just hasn't had that many opportunities to be that guy. So, um, but everyone has to raise their level of play, and um, you know, I think he fits in with our offense and what we do. So I don't, you know, I don't see there's a changing of what we're doing offensively. But um, yeah, really, everyone just needs to. to bond together but I agree with you we've had we've had this situation more times than you like to have in a uh, over the last number of years and and again um, the biggest thing is you know just just in whole for our league I think that um, you know that this is how opportunities are created for guys and how quarterbacks get their opportunity is when someone gets hurt and all right, it's 3.31 with the sports ticker. The Toronto Blue Jays are back in action tonight after an off day yesterday. The Jays swept the Arizona Cardinals, or the Cardinals, Arizona Diamondbacks over the weekend. I got football on my mind. I got football on my mind all over the place. But the Jays take on the Padres uh, tonight. Michael Ball's team, that's a 5.07 p.m. opening pitch. This is the Indigenous Sports Spotlight. Each month on the Sports Cage, we highlight an athlete, coach, or builder who is gaining attention both on and off the playing surface. Well, today in the Indigenous Sports Spotlight, we recognize a guy who was a role model as a player, a coach, and an educator. Tom McCallum played for the Regina Rams junior football team. He would coach the Rams later after his playing career while being an educator in the public school system. In fact, his last job, he was the principal at Belgoni Greenall School. McCallum played in the CFL with the Rough Riders and briefly with the Calgary Stampeders. He passed away a week ago today at the age of 52. His old coach, the great Frank McChrystal, remembers Tom McCallum. Well, certainly was you know he made it about the student he made it about the players he didn't make it about him and uh, and I think that's kind of why he went through this you know career whether it was coaching uh, or being a parent or being a teacher and administrator just quietly going through and then this is such a shock because you just always think that guys like that are going to be around uh, for you to to talk to and to be mentored by and and to um, just be friends with. The Indigenous Sports Spotlight brought to you by Freeze Tallman. Since 1956, Freeze Tallman has been your trusted building materials supplier for every type of project. Freeze Tallman in Regina and Fort Capel. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at SportsCage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the show. 936-6262, the number two uh, text for the Capital Auto Group. You can also call that number uh, locally if you want to talk some football or any sports or anything. We're here for you. Or one 866 is the number toll free? I tell you what, man. I got a lot of. I'm not. I'm an urbanite. Okay, I have a lot of family that are farmers, but I've been walking around, and I know it rained yesterday pretty heavy, at least in the White City area overnight. But uh, man, is it dry? Mm-hmm. And I'm noticing more and more of the grasshoppers or the locusts. Mm. So not only like you couldn't pay me enough to be a farmer. Like if you're in farming long enough. You're pretty rich. I'm thinking you're pretty well off if you've been in it a long time. But to actually get into it as a young guy, I don't know how you, or a person, I don't know how you'd ever do it. Like, the equipment, the inputs, 
The prices you can't control. You can't control the weather. Insects, <laughs> like grasshoppers and locusts. I saw crazy yeah, man. They're, they're bad in my area too. Yeah, it's well, it's up in, I was up. That's where I recognize yeah, yeah, yeah. it because my dad lives right by yep. dad, and mom. Yeah, it was thunderstorming. It was raining. Suppose- There's a big puddle of grasshoppers right outside the front door where I live. Like, wow, clean them up, clean them up already. It's supposed to. What uh, do we pay the fees for? <laughs> it's supposed to rain here. Uh, Tonight into tomorrow, so that'd be great for farmers. Um, yeah, uh, let us know how your crops are doing out there too. We'll give you a shout out. It's uh, Ag in Motion out there in um, Saskatoon and that area, and we're all up there. The voice of uh, Ag in Saskatchewan is right here, six twenty CKRM. Before we get to more rider talk, um, Zinger, we had Jordan DeJani on last week from CBS Sports talking about the five quarterbacks. Yeah, I got NFL on my mind. That are uh, in the AFC that are under the gun. I put together a list of the five quarterback uh, coaches in the AFC that could be under the gun. Okay? Coaches. Okay. The, the five on the hottest seats, okay? Number five, Robert Sala from the Jets. They've got some pretty good talent there. And now they've got Aaron Rodgers, and they got to win. They, like Woody Johnson, he's the owner. He wants to, he wants to win. He wants to win now. So I'd say he's number five. Yeah, yeah, okay. And, and number four, I've got Bill Belichick. Bill hasn't won a playoff game without Tom Brady. He basically kind of pushed Tom out of town because he wouldn't give him that two-year, $50 million contract, and Kraft settled with Belichick, and Brady's gone, and now I think he's on the hot seat. He's got to win. I could easily see Robert Kraft fire the greatest, so-called greatest coach in NFL history. I could. Because he's not going to... He What he's going to do is say, hey, go upstairs and be a consultant. Well, Bill's not going to do that. Yeah, I, I just don't see them straight up firing the guy. Like, it would have to be some kind of transition. Well, they're terrible. No, I know, but the guy's won six Super Bowls. Yeah, but, but, but who cares? I know, but there's rare occasions, I feel like, in professional sports but, uh, where it's but, like... But you are right. When you get rid of greatness, when you get rid of greatness, you don't generally... Stay great. Like, how good have the Bears been since Mike Ditka left? Right? We all know the Bears still suck. The Bears haven't done anything since Mike Ditka left. Um, What have the Cowboys been since? What have the Cowboys been since Jimmy Johnson left? Let's be honest, Barry Switzer won with Jimmy Johnson's team. That Mm -hmm. wasn't Barry Switzer that won it. He won it with Jimmy Johnson's team. How good have the Miami Dolphins been without Don Shula? Mm -hmm. Right? Mm. They've been they've been a revolving door of stuff. So there you go. Uh you're you got you're onto something there, but I do think that doesn't that doesn't dissuade me from putting him at number four hot seat in the AFC. At number three, because they gave the guaranteed contract to Deshaun Watson, it's gotta be Kevin Stefanski in Cleveland. Because they got a wing nut owner, Jimmy Haslam, and they like he's he is probably now would you say he's the biggest grease fires an owner now now that Daniel Snyder's out? He has to be. It's gotta be every single year the head coach of the Browns seems like he's on the hot seat. Yeah. They, they cycle but through. But Stefanski had a Stefanski had a nice little run there with Baker Mayfield, but they punted him, brought in uh, Deshaun Watson. Now Watson gets a full year. If they cannot do anything with Deshaun Watson as their quarterback, Stefanski will be gone. He's on the hot seat. At number two, the Chargers. Brandon Staley. He is on the hot He came in as the uh, 
You know, he came in over from the Rams when they won the Super Bowl. He was the boy wonder D coordinator. He comes in here with the Chargers. They got Kellen Moore now, who everybody's expecting big things as the offensive coordinator with Justin Herbert. But they they gassed a twenty seven nothing lead over the Jags in the playoffs. I'm surprised he wasn't fired. I'm surprised too. He fired a couple of coaches, including his OC Joe Lombardi, to save his skin. So I'd say he's number two. And almost number one. The number one AFC coach on the hot seat, Josh McDaniels of the Raiders. (laughs) Couldn't make it work with Derek Carr. Is it Jimmy Garoppolo their quarterback now? Yeah, Jimmy's the quarterback. Uh, Mark Davis, you know, he wants to start making some waves in the AFC since he's moved over to the... uh, um, to Vegas with the Raiders. So, yeah, I got I got Josh McDaniels one. Do you agree? Yeah, that guy has done absolutely nothing. As a head since, coach. Like, remember back when he had that fairy tale stint with Denver? Started He actually started 6-2. and two. They, I think they finished 8-8, eight and eight, and they won that one wild card game when, uh, what was his name, Demarius Thomas took the pass from Tebow, and, Tebow. and beat Pittsburgh and Mike Tomlin. After that, they got crushed the next week in New England. After that, nothing from him. He's been terrible. Yeah, he sucks. Terrible. Some was going to be the head coach with the Colts and then jammed out, right? Every every single coach from that Belichick tree when they became Mm -hmm. head coaches, like Mm -hmm. Patricia and uh, in Detroit, yeah, they all. If you had to have one, suck. If you had to have one NFL (laughs) coach to coach your team right now, one NFL coach for one season, he's your coach, and he's got, let's say. Seven and a half out of ten to eight talent. Like that's the you know eight out of ten talent. Who's Who? your coach? First Who? guy that came to mind is probably Andy Reid, someone like that with experience. Yeah. Take a- okay, okay, you take Andy Reid out of it because he's one. Is- anybody not named Andy Reid? Okay, that's good because anybody take Andy Reid. I have a first place tie between Kyle Shanahan of the San Francisco 49ers because he did way more with less. Brock, who the hell's Brock Purdy? And Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin. I love Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin, huh? Yeah, the Steelers. Yeah, I don't know who I would go with. I, uh, I'm i interested to see this year, buddy, if your coach is going to be better without Aaron Rodgers. He will be. I Matt think, LaFleur. I think he's a good coach. You know, I, I'm going to be biased. I'm going to take my boy. Matt LaFleur, baby. Ride and die. Let's go. Ride Green and Bay die. Packers. Ride Week and die. one at Chicago. Yeah. Okay, so let's get the CFL talk here. NFL uh, training camps get fired up uh, just around J- July 25th, actually. So here we go. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders will take on the uh, BC Lions on Saturday. I think it's a 5 o'clock kickoff. Yeah, it is, yep. 2, 2 p.m. PM pregame show uh, right here on Rider Radio, 620 CKRM. Now, the Rough Riders love Mason Fine as their starting quarterback. He was uh, under center at the end of last year when the Riders still had a chance of the playoffs but pulled the pin on the Cody Fajardo experiment. So everybody just goes back to that, and they're like, oh, Mason Fine. I'm looking forward to this. I think this kid has an opportunity to do something. And let's be honest, Zinger, everybody loves reality TV. This is the ultimate form of reality TV sports. Check this out. You've got you've got a coach and a GM in the last year of their deals. Got got the got the best quarterback on the free agent market as it turns out, and now he's done for the year. And their future probably and the and the future of the quarterback himself Mason Fine hang in the balance. 
Like that is just mmm, that taste. That just I'm just salivating with the intrigue and the excitement because I think Mason Fine might prove people wrong. Now he's gonna need a lot of help. No doubt about it. The, the linemen are going to have to step it up. The receivers are going to have to step it up. We're going to have to, as Luke said, win two-thirds of the game week in and week out. We're going to have to be good defensively, solid defensively, and real good special teams. Our return game has been money. Our kicking game, place kicking, not so much yet because of a little nagging injury. Punt game's been good, Zinger. The coverage team stunk last Ooh, week. Yeah, it, well, not, not very good. Isn't Korzak number one? Yeah, punt? yeah, yeah, he yeah, is. yeah, he is. And he's a, great, he's a great directional punter. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this offense goes. I was, I was surprised, and I don't know. Um, I'm not sure how or why it went like this, but they didn't commit to running the football early. Yeah, if there's a week to run the ball, man. Yeah, that was this is going to be the week to do it. They didn't do it last week, but anyway, our reporter, Blaine Wylan, in the scrum here after practice, talking with Kelly Jeffrey. Uh, it's really tough. Um, you know, we can replace some of the physical side of things, you know, um, like athleticism or accuracy and throwing, but the, the mental preparation that he brings and the leadership he brings is... It's, uh, it's hard to match, it really is. And the, the good thing about this injury is he can still provide that. You know, once he's kind of up and, and up and going, you know, I know he's excited to help. Uh, he wants to be involved. He, if he could, obviously, he'd be in, in here and on the field today, but he, he can't be. But, um, you know, in talking to him the last couple of days, he's, he took it hard just because he likes being out there with the guys. But the mental side, you know, um, there's a real positive there that he can still contribute with leadership, with his preparation. He can help the young guys. And so that part's it's invaluable. We're, we're lucky to have that still. The quarterback coach, what have you seen from Mason Fine to show that he's ready for this moment? Uh, you don't. Not much phases Mason, you know, uh, and, and really going all the way back to that preseason game against BC when he threw the pick six on his first throw, and, you know, he, he just mentally, he, he just flushed it. He came right back right away and, and had one of the, the great drives of the preseason, and, um, you know, he's that type of QB. He's a guy who's thrown, you know, I think he's like top 10 all-time NCAA for passing yards. Like, he's done it so much. Um, there's just not a lot that you can throw at him that, that shakes him. What's different from a Mason Fine thrown ball to a Trevor Harris thrown ball? How are they different as a quarterback? Well, uh, there, there's a few differences. You know, um, Mason, uh, he's a little bit more, um, you know, if, if the first read's open, he's going to take it right now. And so sometimes the ball gets out a little bit quicker. Trevor will see the big picture a lot more, and uh, he'll, he'll see a read and see if something down the field develops as well. Whereas uh, Mason, just, uh, I think he's from that air raid offense where if the first read's open right now, he's going to take it. And so there's a little bit different there. And, and you know, the other thing is when, when I first took this job over, I had about three months of designing an offense uh, before Trevor Harris was even, you know, a thought in our minds. And so my, my whole kind of time uh, putting things together, I was thinking about Mason and I was thinking about Jake Delgall and how we can get them to best move the football. And so um, in a way, th- this offense is set up more for him than it is for Trevor. You know, Trevor's come in, uh, giving us some really good ideas and concepts that we worked with, but a lot of the bulk of the offense was really designed for Mason and Jake to, to kind of flourish. So from that standpoint, um, you know, I don't think they'll miss a beat in, in what the scheme is for them. I'm excited to see what he can do. Why don't you text us 936-6262. Are you one optimistic? Two totally pessimistic 
And I think those are the only two options. I don't want. <laughs> that's all. The, well, that's I don't. Yeah. Are you really <laughs> optimistic or totally pessimistic in uh, Mason Fine being the starting quarterback for your Saskatchewan Rough Riders? You can mark me down for a one. Uh, we have no choice but to be optimistic. No, but like, in your heart of hearts, are you optimistic? Like, do you think? Okay, so so with Mace, actually, let's redo that. Sorry, take 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 two. We rewound it. Okay. Will the Riders make the playoffs with Mason Fine as your quarterback? Yes or no? Yes. The I say thing, yes. The one thing I would say is I wish that this game on the weekend was against a different opponent, and I wish. Maybe it was at home. I feel like this is the worst case scenario. No, I like it being on the road, not... Against the best team in the league. No, I like it being on the road. What I don't like is still all the injuries. If we just had Mason or um, Trevor Harris down and a a couple of pieces, but we have so many key players down... That's where it you almost have an inconclusive here. But anyway, 936-6262. Riders make the playoffs or not. Zinger and I say yes, and not because we're the voice of the riders. You, we will call it like we see it, but I am optimistic this year three guy. He has to show it. Mason finds careers as starter with the riders is on the line. His livelihood. His l- We'll sell you the whole seat, it's but l- you'll only need the end. It's... <laughs> the Kings of Saskatchewan Sports Talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the Sports Cage. 936-6262, our text line, powered by the Capital Auto Group. Show's brought to you by Saskatchewan Lotteries, and you can always get a hold of us on the... Western Pizza Hotline. Ask about the Rough Rider Suite deal when you go to Western Pizza, and you could be watching a game in a luxury suite. Ask in store for details. Got a text from Leonard, and um, Leonard said, "I heard that Mason Fine is like a like Italian wine, Michael. Does that mean he gets better with age? <laughs> I don't know what that means. Two-time Oklahoma State Player of the Year, though, Zinger. That's hard to do." To be an Oklahoma... Yeah, we hear those stories all the time, and these guys come up here and they can't ball, you know? It doesn't matter what you've done in the past. When Johnny Manziel can come mm-hmm. to the CFL and suck, mm-hmm. you know? I don't want to be so pessimistic, but that's the way I am. Mm-hmm. That's, the way, <laughs> that's the way that I am. String a couple good games together, you know? That's mm-hmm. all That's all we need. We I don't mean, need them to be a, a Hall of Fame or just... Needs uh, to limit his turnovers. Yeah. Le- needs to limit the turnovers. Needs to get me about 250 through the air. Couple of tutties. 250, couple tutties. Mm-hmm. And one rushing touchdown from Morrow or Hickson, like an, about 130 on the floor. Uh, you know, I think I'd be good. And no, like, goofy drops or something or penalties. That's, like, the last thing you need when you have a, a, you know, like a backup quarterback in. You need all the help that you can get collectively. You can't be getting stupid holding penalties. You can't be dropping footballs. I'm not saying, like, it hasn't been too bad, like, this year thus far, as far as my mind is working right now. We haven't had too many drops or penalties compared to prior years, but... Hmm. Hey, I agree with Rick Flair. He's just come out. He was in an article saying he loves watching all types of sports. He was a wrestler, played football back in the day. He said, these basketball players that whine and bitch, (laughs) it's taken away from the sport for me. I don't like watching it anymore. He goes... He goes, uh, the load management and all this stuff. He goes, 
Professional wrestlers. People make fun of professional wrestlers. They go to work hurt. I agree, man. Like I, and they wrestle. When I watch that wrestling live, and it's the first event I've watched live, Zinger, and I can't tell you how long. It's been a while. Yes, we know that it's a predetermined outcome. We know that, okay? And we know uh, that generally when they bleed, they cut themselves. But they're literally cutting themselves. It's not blood. Yeah, it's, blade. it's called blading they blade, in the They blade. Like, um, like I, I guess I, we were a little bit further away, but I guess in the match they were here, um, CM Punk cut his, cut his tongue, right? So he's bleeding in the mouth. But... To do what they do, like 200 and some nights out of the year, uh, one night they're in Regina, one night they're in Edmonton, then they're back in Saskatoon, then they're in Fargo, then they're here, then they're there. It's like being a rock star, but you're actually getting smoked with chairs and doing all that type of thing. I've always said this to people that make fun of pro wrestling. Mm -hmm. Motion pictures and movies are predetermined too, and that's what you're going to go watch. It's a... It's yeah. live entertainment. It's the exact same thing mm-hmm. as going to a, a movie and sitting down and watching. I watched uh, Co- exact same. I watched uh, one of the last uh, acting jobs of Ray Liotta in Cocaine Bear. It's based on a true story. Like the, the cocaine is spilled yeah, in the. I've uh, seen it, yeah. You saw it? Yeah. What'd you think of it? I thought it was terrible. Yeah, it was a horrible movie. It was I went terrible. to it in the theater. Oh, you went to it in the theater? Yeah, what I a watched waste. it on demand here yesterday. Waste. Oh, my you God. You wasted your time. I watching stopped that? it with 20 minutes to go because everybody sitting on the couch with me fell asleep. It was terrible. Uh, um, don't entertain My that son movie. did go watch the latest Mission Impossible. He said he went to the theater himself, mm. thought him to be a loser just like his dad. And he said. It was awesome. Like, he goes, listen, I, do I think Tom Cruise is an idiot? Yeah, I, I'm not talking about Tom Cruise the person, but Tom Cruise the actor, tip of the cap. I, I Googled some of the behind-scenes stuff on his recommendations. The stuff he does, mm. like 50-yard sprints 50 times a day just to get the right shot, fighting on the top of a moving train. Oh, I respect that. Oh, With my that gosh. Said, I've never been a Tom Cruise fan. Never will be. Don't you don't know. like watching those movies? No, I don't like those movies. I don't like... Well, you only like sports movies. I, no, I, I don't even like... Majority of sports movies are horrible. Well, then which... What do you I like? I like a good drama. Like, Give me your best movie ever. Like uh, Godfather, uh, you know... Mine uh, Shawshank Redemption. But uh, good, Goodwill Hunting's a good movie. That's not bad. You know, movies like that that have some substance, not a bunch of, like, blowing up stuff everywhere. I call those meathead movies. <laughs> you know, they have no substance. You just got to sit there and like well but that's wrestling but that's but that's wrestling yeah i know and i want to partake in live meathead entertainment (laughs) (laughs) you know well i uh i uh i'm about to tonight i think i'm gonna sit in the couch and watch uh 10 fast and furious 10 Speaking oh, of meathead, now, now that is at the top of the, <laughs> of the echelon when well, it comes to meathead. Of course it is, but come on, man. Ooh, Vin Diesel, that you're going to uh, he gets paid. That he, gets, he gets paid by the word. Oh, come on. 90, 95% of the rock stuff is meathead. Oh, yeah. I don't it's like the all, rock as an It's actor. all meathead. It's horrible. Oh, no, I don't mind watching I, he, this stuff. He's never made a good movie before the rock. Dude, I am in charge of an intel, a deep intellectually thinking show like this one when i go were you laughing <laughs> were you just snickering there yeah. i don't know if i go on with your point here. were you just I, I were you so- just snickering there? you wait a minute i thought of something come were on you're snickering there come on come on <laughs> fast and 
Terrence. Were you just six twenty CKRM is proud to be the official radio partner of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and your home for the hottest sports talk anywhere. This is the Sports Cage with your host Michael Ball. Time now for Coast to Coast with Arashma Danny, our weekly chat with a guy who has covered it all from Hockey Night in Canada, the Olympics, World Series Baseball, and everything in between. This is Coast to Coast with Arashma Danny. Brought to you by Smart Investing Solutions. Be smart with your money. Give Brian Golly a call at 546-2533. It is Coast to Coast with Sportsnet's Arash Madani. Before we get to him, we got a text here from Andrew in Kitchener, Ontario. Rule number one, ballsy. No beating on the engineer when anybody can hear you. Lots of fun, guys. Yeah, we had a little meathead segment. You and I finished duking it out. Hey, it was I the won. other way around. I won. It wasn't I won. me getting beat down. I beat you down. I laid the smack down on you, mm. boy. Hmm. DDT suplex. Uh, I think they call it the a name German of this suplex. show is the Sports Cage with Ballsy and Zinger. Mm. So I win every time. Remember that. Just like my kid. My kid beats on me, and I said, "Who pays the rent?" And he said, "You do." Then I win every time. Every time. Oh. So it's so life is just about money. Then is what you're saying to uh, to me and our listeners, yep. huh? That's what it's all That's about. That's what it's all about. And this is why we both defer to this guy, Arash Madani, who's got all the money. Zinger's got all the donuts coming his way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I tell you what, man. Um, I actually this is this looks ridiculous, but I actually would probably bet for the Bombers after they laid an absolute embarrassing egg in Ottawa in the Dustin Crumb back by the Ottawa Red Blacks. 15.5 point favorites against Edmonton this week, and I think I would. I think they'll win by three touchdowns. Do you really? Yep. I, I really wonder, Ballsy, how they scraped themselves up off the mat after that one. Well, I hope they don't. Hey, let me be clear. Let me be clear, Arash Madani, the former Winnipeg Blue Bomber employee. I hope they get their asses handed to them. I hate the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. But I'm also not stupid. Yeah. I, look, today was Winnipeg's only practice of the week. Like, they're coming on a short turnaround after a road game where they were shell-shocked. And I I was talking to somebody over in Ottawa a couple of days ago, and he said, honestly, man, he said, it reminded me of some of the faces um, after you lose a championship game. Like, these guys didn't know what hit them. And so, look, they're a veteran team, they're a good team, etc. I just don't by 15 and a half points. I, I can't. I can't. I can't. It's professional football. I don't see it. Yeah. Well, I mean, they do have the MOP candidate, Taylor Cornelius, quarterback in them, right? Yeah, well, all right. <laughs> um, I, who is starting a quarterback? Well, I will tell you this. I will tell you, it's probably Cornelius backed up by Daggy. But Chris Jones came out this week and just said, basically, you know what? Trey Ford won't play until he picks it up. And you're going to tell me there is no American coaching bias? Uh, I present to you Exhibit A. Guys like Corne- guys like Cornelius, Daggy, Arbuckle, Antonio Pipkin, who just gets signed in Hamilton, um, there aren't Canadian quarterbacks getting all those breaks. This is what I'll tell you. And this is this is a 
sourced comment that is coming from an, a biased person. Okay. But this is what I was led to believe in my comments in Edmonton last week and my conversations with people who were around the situation. That last year, Trey Ford and Nick Arbuckle were neck and neck coming out of camp for the starting job. And they gave the nod to Arbuckle. They said, you know, because of, quote unquote, because of experience, which really means they gave the nod to Arbuckle because he was making more money and they had to save face. But I was also told this. And look, Baldi, you and I are the same. We are U Sports guys, CIS, CIAU, through and through. But I was told to trade for this offseason. Um, he, when he came to camp, he just wasn't the same. He didn't have a good offseason. He wasn't in the same kind of laser focused. He wasn't in the same shape. He had a poor training camp. They weren't happy with him. And he's got a lot of making up ground to do that he was actually further ahead this time last year than he is at this time this year. So that that that's what I was led to believe. Hmm. It's sourced with a source I trust. Again, the source is biased, trying to make me understand why they've made the decisions they've made. The other thing on Cornelius, I'll tell you this, it's also sourced, is that the Elks reached out to Mark Trestman to get Trestman's recommendation, opinion, thoughts, and that Tressman apparently signed off and said, yeah, I think Cornelius is the real deal. And that Cornelius had an incredible training camp. And then he's just been dreadful in this regular season. Hmm. And the point somebody made to me was, if we had average quarterback play, we could be two and four, three and three. And I just kind of laughed at him. I'm like, you know, if vans and butts were candies and nuts, what a Merry Christmas it would be. But he said, no, no, our quarterback play has been horrible. Cordelius has been horrible. And if he was just a little bit better than horrible, we could have had a couple of wins so mm. far. Kenny Lawler is back in Winnipeg. He was in Edmonton last year. He had some off-field stuff, some immigration issues. But he's back in Winnipeg, but they only have one day of practice, as you alluded to. So what does that mean for Kenny Lawler? I am told all systems go for Lawler. And I'm like, what do you mean? He hasn't been around for six, you know, six weeks. How could this, how could this be? And then I was reminded, well, look, it's still Buck Pierce's offense. Not much has really changed. The terminology is there. And in their one day of practice, Lawler was playing with the ones. He was full go and he looked good is what I was told. Now, hmm. ballsy. Game shape is a different deal. I'm interested. I don't think they're going to put Kenny Lawler on a pitch count, but I think they should because it's July, and this dude hasn't played in a game in a while. If it's a close game, you want this guy to be somewhat fresh. I can see him being winded by late third, early fourth. So they're going to – It's like I said, all systems go with Lawler, but – kind of buyer beware there because you had to walk before you run a little bit and I'm just not sure what kind of shape Lawler's in right now. The San Diego Chargers, and yes, they'll always be the San Diego Chargers to me. They uh, 
they wouldn't give Austin Eckler, who is probably in the last three years the most impactful running back in terms of scoring and catching and running out of the backfield. They wouldn't give him a contract extension. They did throw him a couple of bones after he couldn't work out his own trade. But Josh Jacobs of the Raiders, Saquon Barkley of the Giants, and Tony Pollard taking over from Zeke and Dallas all couldn't come to agreements on long-term deals. What's that telling you about the running back spot in the NFL? It's telling me a few things. One is that they feel, uh, look, uh, I don't want to word this properly. Executives are not paying running backs for what they've done. They're paying them for what they feel they can do. And what they're using against running backs is they'll feed Josh Jacobs 350 times a season and then hold it against him in contract talk mm-hmm. saying, yeah, well, where are you going to wear down? Or they're going to ask Tony Pollard to block, and he's going to take a bunch of pops, and he's going to he's going to injure his ankle like he just did, and they're going to use that against him. Baldy, this may surprise you. Do you know the average salary for an NFL kicker is more than the average salary of an NFL running back? So here's a question. Here's a question then, because I've heard this kind of kicked around. Should the is there a way that NFL running backs can have their own union? Yeah, I don't know. Here's the thing. You can get a fourth round rookie who's going to be almost as productive as somebody making ten million dollars. Yeah, and there will always be somebody. There will always be somebody that wants that job. Hey, we're uh, coming up against it because Matthew Betts is around the corner. So I want to squeeze this in. It looks like the changing of the ownership is coming here in Washington with the Commanders. A six billion dollar sale, which I think you did the research. Man, is the price jump from like fifteen years ago? Fifteen years ago, the Minnesota Vikings sold for about seven hundred million dollars. Oh. billion now. Um, The franchise valuation of the Milwaukee Bucks in the NBA is over three. Zinger's Bucks. Yeah. I'll tell you this, Ballsy, this was needed because Washington wasn't getting a new stadium with Daniel Snyder as the owner. Now they are, and they could be back in Washington, D.C. Remember, the Commanders, the football club, they've been playing in Landover, Maryland for a long time. This team needs to get back to D.C., because if you go to a Commanders game these days, when the Eagles come to town, there's more Philly fans. When the Cowboys come to town, there's more Dallas fans. Yeah, um, That was one of the flagship franchises of the league. It's got to get back to that. This is the only way that could happen. Arash, thanks for your time, man. I really appreciate it. It's always fun. We'll talk to you on Thursday, okay? Thanks, Bozy. That is Arash Madani, Sportsnet Coast to Coast for Smart Investing Solutions. Clutch Performer and Matthew Betts, the sack machine of the BC Lions. <laughs> he smells blood, and it's Mason. Not uh, Mason. Almost a Nias. Mason finds blood. Could be nice. He's out in BC. And leave Mason Nias alone. <laughs> You won't be wanting to leave Mason Fine alone, though. This is the Sports Cage for Saskatchewan Lotteries on 620 CKRM. Saskatchewan's best coverage of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders is on the Sports Cage. Right here on the mighty 620 CKRM. All right, Zinger, just waiting Matthew Betts' call from the BC Lions. Let's go through our power ranking here on the Sports Cage. We don't really pay, well, I mean, we look at others, but we have our own every week. Riders dropped the bid here. I got Toronto first, and it's a pretty big gap. Toronto's the best team in the league. 
Yeah. Then the BC Lions. Although, BC served up six interceptions, and really until that pick six uh, that Vernon Adams threw against the Argos, it was still a close game. It was an 11-point game before they pulled away. So, BC 2, Winnipeg a distant third, because they got crushed by BC on home turf, and then (laughs) they blew it against Dustin Crum and Ottawa. Do you see those shirts they're selling? Call it the Crumback? Don't call it a Crumback! I've been here for years! Anyway, so Winnipeg is three. Uh... Maybe maybe Crumb's gonna be the next. I hope next so. I hope we get star. some of these guys. People man. are always wondering, oh, you got no quarterbacks. Yeah, well, maybe this Crumb. is how quarterbacks yeah, are born. That's right. That's what O'Day said. Maybe finds the guy. So at four I've got the uh at four I've got the Calgary Stampeders. Uh they they you know, Reese I know we're prisoners of the moment, but they did control the game against the Riders, even though they could have lost. It, it's not an impressive four, but they are four. You okay with that? I'm okay with yeah, it. I'm not happy about it, but I'm putting him there. At number five, I've got the Rough Riders. Number five is the Rough Riders. Number six, I've got the uh, Le uh, Montreal Alouettes. Got the Alouettes at six, seven the Ottawa Red Blacks, eight the Hamilton Tiger Cats, and nine bringing up the rear the Edmonton Elks. They're the former team of this guy who joins us now on the Western Pizza Hotline. Get it hot, get it fast at Western Pizza. Number 90 of the uh, BC Lions, Matthew Betts. Welcome to the show, Matthew. Thanks, Michael. How you doing? Good, man. I appreciate you uh, being on the show. So, tell us the reason behind this grit. Like, you were, you were, you were around it last year. A lot of people were scoffing. Oh, wow. What are the, what are the Lions doing signing this guy? And you had a really productive year last year and you've taken it to a new level this year. Give us a reason why or a reason or two why. Yeah, well, there's uh, absolutely no secret to it. I mean, I've uh, I've just prided myself on working hard, but I think we we got a good thing going here with the, with the D line. Uh, I mean, most almost all of the guys from last year came back this year, so obviously easier to work with the same guys, the same coaching staff on defense. I mean, I just don't feel like we we started back on uh, on the blank page this year. We just got back and got back right where we were last year. So I think that was really helpful. And uh, we like playing for each other. We have fun and we work hard. So yeah, really, there's no big secret. We just uh, we take it one week at a time, one day at a time, and yeah, it's been good. Yeah, I want to talk about the fun part in a second because I've heard that referenced a lot with the BC Lions defense, Matthew Betts. But how much has John Bowman, the Hall of Famer, helped you out in terms of moves and critiquing your play and and the other D linemen's play and really getting in your minds about how to attack the opposition? Yeah, I think he's just uh, obviously. I think his main strength is more on the on the human aspect. I think he's just really good at understanding guys, and obviously on the football part. Well, he's played such a at a high level for for x amount of years. So obviously he knows about about football, but more importantly about Canadian football. And I mean every decision we take on the field. I mean he understands why we make them, but sometimes he'll he'll just try to help us tweak a little bit these decisions and to to help us see the play a little bit better and for the next time to just be that more efficient. So it's been it's been really good obviously. Showed me a couple of moves, but I think he's really good at at being positive with his players and just reinforcing their strength and let everybody excel in what they do best. And uh, just try to work from that. So it's been really, it's been, it's been a good time for sure. You talk about work ethic, and the the other saying, Matthew, is there's no substitute for work ethic, right? That work ethic beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Is another saying I've heard. Where, 
Like, where did your work ethic come from? Is it something you always had, or or is, was there a point in your career where you're like, no, I gotta, I gotta work extra hard here? No, I think I, I've always had it. Uh, I get I get that question asked a lot, and I think my my best answer would be I was just a, a really sore loser growing up. So I just <laughs> tried, to, tried my best to, to win at anything. So whether it was. Uh, Growing up playing dodgeball, hockey, soccer, baseball, and whatever court in and whatever the yard, so just just hated losing growing up. So I just gave gave it my all, and I think it just stuck with me. And uh, yeah, I enjoy it, and I, I enjoy winning. So I, I'm just trying to give it my all, and uh, so yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, I've watched you with quite a few sacks, um, but I can't remember. Do you have a sack dance yet? I absolutely don't. Um, I think I might be one of the worst at uh, celebration in, in the whole league. <laughs> that's not something that I try to work on, honestly. <laughs> it just, like I told you, I work hard and often I just black out when something good happens. So uh, I, I tried to, I, we, we, we had some things planned out over the years with teammates to try to do stuff and special handshakes. And I always forget it. So uh, just a couple of high fives and uh, move on to the next. You one. know what, man? That 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 is warming to my heart. It's kind of when I watch baseball. I don't know if you watch much baseball, but when they celebrate home runs, different dudes have different handshakes with like everybody in the dugout, and I'm like, they they remember them all. I don't know how they can do that. Yeah, that's impressive. I, I'm not sure they watch as much film as we do and uh, work out as much. But I mean, yeah, baseball is a different breed for sure. I mean, but I mean, with the after 180 game or something in a year, and I guess you get to know each other. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. A little bit better and get and get your special handshakes. In. This is a this is a Matthew Betts a sack machine for the BC Lions. How long has it taken you to perfect your English? Because you're a really good uh, English speaking guy now. Oh well, thank you. I always get a, uh, I always get that I have a little bit of a French accent back to it. But uh, I grew up in Montreal in a mainly English Italian neighborhood. So I mean, growing up playing sports, football, hockey, baseball, everything, it was mainly in English. So uh, I've, uh, I've just, I've been, I've been exposed to it my whole life. So it's just simple as that. <laughs> All right, uh, we won't keep it too much longer. We do appreciate you taking time. What are you seeing from the Rough Riders? Of course, you know they suffered a devastating injury uh, to Trevor Harris, but Mason Fine comes in. He's a veteran quarterback. Uh, what, what are you seeing from the Riders on tape right now? What do you expect to see with Mason Fine? Yeah, well, first of all, honestly, uh, just acknowledge Trevor. I mean, I've played with him in Edmonton my first two years, and he's been one of the guys that took me under his wing and always had a close relationship with him. I just felt horrible for what happened. I know he'll bounce back, but he's such a hard worker. I just think that it's uh, just unhappy for him what happened, and uh, hopefully he gets he gets well soon. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the the writers, they, they always have a good team. And, uh, I mean, to me, I don't, I don't know Mason Fine that much. We haven't seen him that much, but I know we played against him a little bit last year in the preseason this year, and he's a, he's a legit quarterback. So, I mean, we won't treat him any differently as if it was Trevor or whoever else. So, I mean, we'll just go out there, and, I mean, it's a, it's a, conference, it's a conference game. So, uh, I mean, you have to show up. You have to play hard. And, I mean, the, the team that will show up and play the best will win. The, the team that makes the fewest mistakes is that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're coming off a bye week. We rested. 
but I mean, we, we need to get back to work and, uh, and get busy on Saturday for sure. Okay, and lastly, I want to slide this one in here. I'm always uh, for the Canadians and the Canadian Football League. I think the sea's the most important thing to me anyways as a broadcaster and a, and a fan. How important is it for you to be a Canadian kind of role model in the Canadian Football League and excelling the way you are right now? Yeah, um, you know what? I I don't think about it that much, but I know I know back home there are a lot of football uh, football players that that might look up to, to players like me and to, to Canadian players. And I mean, uh, across Canada, and I get I get players that reach out from here in Vancouver, uh, back home in Quebec and in Montreal. So it's always, fun. but uh, but for me, I mean, I I love the. I love how the ratio can can help us Canadian players to be in this league, but I pride myself in simply uh, in simply being the best player as possible at my position, regardless of nationality or, or ratio wise. I mean, I think mm-hmm. that's the way to have success in the CFL, and I mean, I just try to go out there and be able to compete uh, regardless of the American or Canadian ratio. Well, we'll let you go, Matthew. Congratulations on a great start to the year. Continued uh, health and continued success except for Saturday. Please leave our quarterback alone. We've already lost one, okay? All right, I'll do my best, Mike. <laughs> Take care. Matthew Betts joining us from the BC Lions. This is the Sports Cage for Sask Lotteries on 620 CKRM. And your sports tickers for Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They will treat you right. Just give them a call at 781-2090. The Flames will retire Mika Kippersoff's number 34 jersey on March 2nd, 2024. So uh, that's coming up next year. That's also my birthday, Mika. I wonder if they plan that. Are they going to have a party for me, maybe? Also tonight, the Toronto Blue Jays in action, taking on the San Diego Padres. Alec Manoa will get his second start since uh, coming back from the minors. He's on the hill with a 2-7 and seven record with an ERA hovering around 6. Opening pitch between the Padres and Blue Jays at 7 or at 5.07, Saskatchewan time. The Sports Cage is your voice for football, not only in the province, but around Canada. This is the Sports Cage CFL Report. A look at what's happening in our three-down game. Let's go. Spread right fakes here. Play pass. 16 counters. Z deep angle. Full back west right. Zoom. Full back left. Pass half back at zero. Z quick swing left. On one. Right. Canadian quarterback Trey Ford has not seen the field so far in 2023, and Edmonton Elks GM and head coach Chris Jones explained his reasoning to the media. Quote, he's a good player, and I'm not trying to be a smartass, but that's the facts. I'm not going to hide from it. He didn't come back to camp, and he didn't perform as good as he did a year ago. A year ago, he was behind Nick Arbuckle just barely, and we gave the start to the more experienced guy, and then from there, he got nicked up, and it was late until he came back. This year, he's not showing that. He's shown it in spurts, but you got to do more than what he did during training camp in order to get the opportunities. Jones selected Ford in the first round, eighth overall during last year's CFL draft. Uh, but Chris, your other guys haven't been doing anything either. And then you look in Hamilton, and a guy like Antonio Pipkin gets another shot. The 27-year-old is dressed for 27 career CFL games over five seasons with the Al's, Edmonton, the Argos, and the Lions. He's completed just over half of his passes for 1,846 yards, six TDs, 
and 10 picks. He also had 586 career yards rushing with 21 touchdowns, mostly in short yardage situations. Yeah, there's no American coaching bias, none at all. And Vernon Adams Jr. and Trevor Harris aren't on the same roster anymore, but that didn't make it any easier for Adams, the Lions quarterback, to watch his former teammate suffer a season-ending injury. We do want to send prayers up for Trevor Harris, Adams told the media in BC. I was watching it live with one of my teammates, and that was very tough. He's one of the guys who mentored me, taught me a lot of things about the CFL game when we were in Montreal together. Harris undergoing surgery to fix a broken knee. The Riders haven't officially ruled him out, but you gotta think he's done for the season here in 2023. The CFL report brought to you by Kevin's Marine in Fort Capel. Make the most of summer with a boat or pontoon from Kevin's Marine. Check them out in person or online at kevinsmarine.com. Nobody covers your team like our team. This is the Sports Cage on the Mighty 620 CKRM. Let's get after it. Show's brought to you by Saskatchewan Lotteries, bringing communities together. The main fundraiser for over 12,000 sport, culture, and recreation groups. All our guests come to you via the Western Pizza Hotline. Check in store for the uh, dine-in or takeout specials and... Our text line powered by the Capital Auto Group, 936-6262. We'll have a segment uh, open to talk if you want. And if you don't want to talk, we'll read your texts. That's coming up. But first, let's hear from the guy who is going to be at the controls for your Saskatchewan Rough Riders. They're heavy underdogs coming off a team. Just heard from Matthew Betts of the Lions. On a bye week, they're rested. They're ready to go. Four and one, probably the best. Not probably. They are the best team in the West. Second best team in the CFL in our Sports Cage Power Rankings. But Mason Fine is up to the challenge. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's a big opportunity, uh, right, with um, an injury like that. So, um you know, he's a little kid. You know, you, you pray for the opportunity. Obviously, like you said, it's you don't want to do it that way. But um, hey, it's football. Uh, we're professionals, and I, you know, got to prepare and step up to the plate and uh, and and be the best quarterback I can be for this team and go win games. What have you done over the previous seasons here to get you ready for this chance? Um, honestly, learning from the professionals before me, learning from those uh, those veteran guys, those mentors, and trying to get one day better. Um, what can I do in the film room better to make myself uh, more prepared? What can I do in the weight room, um, training with uh, you know the coaches in there? Uh, what can I do nutritionally, uh, just to get better? You know, as you as you get older, I mean, hopefully you get better each and every day because if you're not going forward, you're going backwards. So I was just, the last three years, I've tried to control what I could control, and then once you step on that football field, hopefully everything takes over instinctually. Uh, the football, you're seeing it well, and you, you play a good game and you execute the offense. When you play for a team in college called the Mean Green, is this meant to be? <laughs> um, I, all I know is when uh, Saskatchewan wanted to offer me a contract, I was really excited. Um, I knew about the CFL and I knew about the, the Rough Riders beforehand, and so I was excited for the opportunity. And uh, there are a lot of uh, coincidences when it comes between the teams and stuff, so uh, who knows? But yeah. How much green stuff have you got in your closet dating back to? You're just 2016. Yeah, I got a lot. I got a lot of green. Um, my whole family has a lot of green. I go back home. Um, back in college, I'd come back with like garbage, like garbage bags full of green clothes, and just like have my family pick out what they want. And then the last two years here has been the same exact thing. So a lot of green in the house, and uh, yeah, I got, got I got a lot of green options. I'll tell you that. What do you expect from yourself this week in the game? Yeah, just not taking too much, uh, put too much pressure on myself. Go in there being confident. Um, um, lead the offense uh, and, and, and be who I am. Um, 
you know, don't try to mold yourself to be someone you're not. Be the quarterback you are that you've been you're growing up to. I think uh, Coach Jeffrey and I, we, you put a good, good, a game, good game plan, and I think it uh, helps suits my uh, type of um, um, you know abilities. So I just gotta go in there and execute. Not try to do too much. Uh, get the ball out of my hand. Put it in our playmakers' hands and have them make the play. And uh, like I said, take care of the ball. Don't try to do too much and get first downs. What kind of player are you, Mason? What would describe your style of play to fans? It's gonna be uh, take what the defense. Um, gives you, but at times you know you got to pick your pick when you can take shots, um, make some plays here and there if a play breaks down. But other than that, just do your job. Um, know your reads, know where the defense is at, uh, take what they give you, and um, and make the throws. Be accurate. Um, you know you got you got to be accurate in this league, and um, so that's what I want to do. I missed a couple, you know, the last game, so uh, just try to be a little bit more uh, more efficient, a little bit uh, get the ball out of my hands. Don't take sacks; those are drive killers statistically, and uh, just get it into our playmakers' hands and have them make the play. So really, just distribute the ball and get it out and just get first downs. Mason, what's it like? From, oh, sorry, sorry, Rob. But what did you learn from that experience in the last game and the last two starts uh, last season that is going to help you uh, this weekend? <laughs> yeah, just the preparation, kind of like I answered earlier. It's just. Um, you, know, you get better every single day. Every week, you learn something new. You learn how to know how to prepare in the film room, what, what to do with your body, understanding your body. You know, be able to make those throws, make the runs, uh, break tackles, and just be a complete overall football player on and off the field. So I think I've, you know, as you get older and a little bit more wiser, you start to learn those things of, of how to be a professional. And uh, I think I've done that the last three years. I'm just going to try to keep getting better uh, each and every week and and learn everything that's the guys before me have taught me and what what Trevor's taught me this year. So yeah. What is it like to throw 71 touchdown passes in a season of high school football? That seems like Madden rookie level and maybe otherwise impossible. Uh, yeah, back in high school, yeah, it was fun. Uh, just uh, was blessed with the offense that we had and had some playmakers and, uh, and uh, making some plays. And they, you know, we ran the offense that I wanted to. And I was just back there, what I what I do to try to make some plays, throw the ball, and, and just execute the offense. And uh, and high school ball was a little bit slower than it is up here, so obviously there's a bunch of learning curves uh, to get here. And uh, yeah, you just want to be the best quarterback you can be. How many games would that have been? With, uh, With the year you had 71, how many games would you? I, have I been? played in 14. Yeah, 14 games when I had 71. Yep. What have you seen from the BC Lions defense you're going against this week? That, that's a tough unit. Right. That's a great defense. It's a great matchup. You, I mean, all all season you can tell they they've really done a great job. Their front the front four is really really good. They're quick. Um, Physical, strong, the, the the secondary bunch of veteran guys that make plays. Um, they don't give up a whole lot of explosives. Um, they keep everything in front of them, and uh, you, know, you got to make plays if you want if you try to beat them. But just a great overall, uh, great defense. The coordinator puts them in a lot of great positions, um, and uh, we'll see what they do. Obviously, you know you always kind of like, well, well, a new quarterback coming in. What what what's going to be their new flavor this week? So we'll just have to adjust. Um, Obviously, we'll be prepared the best we can be, but you know you got to think on game day they're going to bring something you maybe haven't seen before, but uh, a new flavor. You just got to be prepared, and we'll adjust on the sideline and 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 try to make the best of it. What do you expect the atmosphere to be like? They're opening up the upper stands there and everything could could be loud. Yeah, you just again you just go in there and being confident with your team, and uh, uh, we'll be prepared for it. I know we talked about um, this week of maybe uh, turning up the noise here, and, and uh, but you know we we've dealt with it before, and. Um, 
and you're just going to go in there and try to execute the offense and not worry too much about it. But we got to bring the energy too. That's when you go to away games, you got to make sure everything's routine. Um, you know, guys bring the energy, but we got a lot of great leadership in that locker room that makes sure we're all focused and, and locked in on away games. So, As yeah. a competitor, do you embrace this opportunity with the fact that it's a top tier defense on the road in a hostile environment that this is your first start this season? Yeah, you know, you embrace every opportunity, you go in there uh, being confident and, uh, you know, give credit where credit's due. They're a great defense, don't get me wrong. So we're going to have to go in there and play our game and execute and, and and be and be on our a game too kelly said this offense was designed with you in mind the co or the team basically named you the starting quarterback uh, just the day after the injury do you feel like the opportunity is there for you to, to grasp it and make a name for yourself in this league the opportunity is there right i mean it's obviously like we said earlier it's, you don't want that that way but the opportunity is there i mean it's it's everything you could ask for um the offense is i love this offense i love coach jeffries i love our receiving group our o-line i love the whole team in there and uh you don't get you don't get very many opportunities so you got to make the most of it uh but again you got to have the balance of um, not trying to do too much and putting that pressure on yourself. And I know those guys in that locker room believe in me. And uh, I just got to go out there and play my game. And, and I'm excited for the opportunity. I really am. And I think I've gone into this week with the right mindset. Even though, even though you didn't get the win on Saturday, was the touchdown pass to Jones something you can build off of going forward? Uh, honestly, there's a lot of luck on that touchdown pass. I'm not going to lie. So that's not something much of uh, me being a great quake. It was really just <laughs> heaving it up for a, uh, you know, a Hail Mary really was what it was. But, uh, yeah, you, you build off that. But I think you learn from the, the highs and the lows of that game. And you try to what can we take away from that game and, 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 and put that into this week. And um, I think that, you know, the drive before there when we went down on a touchdown of, um, you know, when I scrambled for a second, then we threw it to JMO out there, and then I threw it to Picks, and that was a good drive. That um, you know we were down in the red zone for the first time that day. So really, you know, hopefully you can go in there and, and build off stuff like that, and go through your progressions and get first downs. And uh, but yeah, you can learn from any game, and that was just a emotional roller coaster. And I think all of us stayed pretty pretty level headed, and uh, you just gotta you gotta you gotta be that way. Is it true to say nothing phases you? Are you excited this week? Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, that, that's all I can say. Is I'm excited for the opportunity. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm just I'm going to prepare uh, this week as, as hard as I can. Well, really, what I've been doing, you know, you don't want to change anything you've been doing up because you've, you know, if you want, if you're like, oh, I need to work harder this week, I think you've been doing it all wrong. So I uh, just keep doing what I'm doing. Uh, have a great week of practice, and 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 put those and put trust in the, my teammates and, and keep having those every single day. If I can make those throws, I'm making the right reads. I'm putting ourselves and uh, putting our team in a good position and, and and build those guys' confidence. And then head into Saturday, just just go out there and. And, and have fun and, and play loose. Let it rip. That's Mason Fine. Our text line, 936-6262. You just heard the interview. Are you confident? Will we make the playoffs with Mason Fine as our starter? Or no? Pretty simple. Yes or no? Do the Riders make the playoffs? Or no? Zinger and I got two votes for yes. 936-6262. The text line, the show is powered by the uh, Sask Lotteries. And uh, that's the main fundraiser for over 12,000 sport, culture, and recreation groups. We'll get to a couple of your texts and Brian Raymond at Flowing Springs next here on the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Where Saskatchewan sports fans come to talk. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM.
Yeah, yeah. 936-6262, the number to call or text. Tony from Rhode Island says he's picking the Riders for third in the West in the playoff spot. Let's head out in the Western Pizza Hotline. Let's talk to our friend Brian Raymond at Flowing Springs, who's a Rider fan. Are you confident we can make the playoffs with Mason Fine? Yes. Yeah? You think so, too? Uh, that's three. That's four votes for yes. I haven't had a no vote yet, which is good. I thought he looked pretty good when he came in, and, and he's played okay in, in the past. I think yeah. uh, when he gets the responsibility of preparing for a game as a starter, it'll make a huge difference. Man, this league needs, and no disrespect to Trevor, I want it to come back, but man, this league needs a next generation of young, up-and-coming quarterbacks. So let's hope he can do it. We need some Canadian quarterbacks. Yeah, well, in the, your bark. Listen, <laughs> that's going to be an age-old battle, man. Yeah, uh, I know. Uh, hey, uh, the, you know what's uh, what's awesome is in the game of golf, Canadian golf, both male and female, in the national, international stage, it's going that way. So that's great. But it all starts in some case, well, in a lot of cases, on courses like Flowing Springs. So let's talk about that. How are things out there at Flowing Springs? Things are fantastic out here at Flowing Springs. It's uh, the course is in great shape. That rain last night certainly didn't hurt the golf course. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's nice and green. Greens are great. Tees are great. Driving range is great. Everything is great. <laughs> the word is great. I love it. I love it. I am going to take a couple of days off here in the next uh, week, and I am going to come out to Flowing Springs, and I am going to, I think, shoot nine. I like nine holes, Brian. Well, you can do that here. You know, we we do have a nine-hole rate. It's available anytime. It's $41. Come out and play nine holes. We have a nine-hole rate for the carts as well. And we have a great special on Mondays and Wednesdays, whether you play nine or 18. It's $32 if you're a lady or a senior. Uh, if you're neither of those, we still have a good deal at $42. So it, that's a great special. We still have some uh, openings tomorrow. And, of course, we're already booking the weekend. It looks like it's going to be a great weekend mm-hmm. weather-wise. Yeah, for sure. So, Brian, um, if I uh, – yeah, you can go get up early in the morning, go golf, and then uh, then go and uh, have a beverage somewhere, your house or whatever, watch the riders uh, shock the BC lines. That sounds like a great Saturday to me. Brian, if I want to just uh, uh, hit the ball on the uh, great driving range you have uh, have there, how much are, uh, uh, you know, how much are balls? What, what are you charging me there? I'm glad you mentioned the driving range. It's a great driving range. No mats, all grass. Lots of room. We can take a lot of people on that driving range. A large basket is only $14. That's 100 balls. You can get a smaller basket of 50 balls for $9. And if you're coming out to play golf and you want to warm up, we've got a warm-up basket of 25 balls for 6 bucks. Nice. All right. So, uh, Brian, uh, how did they get a hold of you? Give us a call at 306-543-5050. Or you can book online at flowingspringsgolf.com. Talk to you Thursday, my man. Take care. That's uh, Brian Raymond out there at Flowing Springs. Got some texts here, Zinger. Uh, Good day, Michael. I want Mason to get three to four games or plan to have a better way of getting the ball out of his hands quicker because the O-line is still very much beat up from Lance. Yeah, Lance. And Lance, judging by the text uh, number, I know that that's Lance Ford, and he knows a thing or two about football. His son, actually, is uh, playing St. FX on the D-line. So, yeah. Ryan. The the, X-Men. The X-Men. That's a long way to be from home. I thought North Dakota's a long way. Um, This from uh, Brandon Morgan. I do think Mason Fine has the potential to be great. I genuinely believe that he can be a part of the next era of starting CFL quarterbacks. I would agree in saying he needs to be given three or four games to find his footing. Let him cook. Yeah. I I, I hope they give him, and I think they will give him a nice little sample size here. Yeah, it's just going to come down to uh, the play calling and the offensive line. Like, the guy obviously has talent, but what separates these guys that, you know, have success and don't have success, 
there's a lot of luck that's involved, but it's also the situation that they're placed in. And when you look at it on paper right now, it's not the most ideal situation. You could argue with the offensive line kind of in question. So that's what it's going to come down to. It's mm. going to come down to some luck, and it's going to come down to the pieces around them. Everybody's got to raise some pretty good. Everybody's got to raise their game, and you can't tell me. I, I know they try normally, whether it's Trevor Harris, Bo Levi Mitchell, whoever's quarterbacking. Okay, people try, but. It's kind of like when a backup goalie goes in there. You know you got to step it up uh, to make plays, right? You got to step it up for that backup goalie because he just isn't as battle tested as the regular guy. So maybe sometimes your play sags a bit because you know Trevor Harris could pick you up. Now you have to be the treadmills turned up the ten for everybody. Full effort, maximum effort. Don't take a playoff because it's going to be a thin margin with a guy cutting his teeth at quarterback. But I, I'm really excited, man. I am excited to see how it goes, and it might not go great at the start. You don't know, but you can't, you can't get down. I don't want to tell fans what to do, but you can't get down on the kid. You can't get down on the team right away. Um, hey. We want to develop quarterbacks. Hey, we've never, since Darian Thurand, we've never developed any of our own. We never do it. Then they go and go somewhere else. <laughs> so here's an opportunity. Let's get behind them. Hamilton's dealing with it. Ottawa's dealing with it. Crum and Powell. Edmonton doesn't have one. They're trying to figure it out. So we're in the, we're right in the mix now. Maybe this is... Gee, I mean, Winnipeg, if Kalaros goes down, and I don't wish injury on anybody... Who do they even? They got Drew Brown. Is he any better than than Mason Fine? No, Mason Fine's been here for three years. Let's see if he can rock and roll it. And I I've got an op, I've got an opinion that I think he is going to prove some of these skeptical fans wrong. Rod and Regina. I like when you're optimistic, ballsy. Thanks. That doesn't happen often. I'm optimistic for Mason to take us to the playoffs. He just has something about him that makes you feel it's there. Plus Harris will be there for him as well. And he will be there as a uh, leader and a mentor like he mentored Vernon Adams and other guys. Matthew Betts, too, as you heard Matthew Betts talking earlier. If you missed any of the show, you can check it out in podcast form. We'll be back with more of the Sports Cage after 5 o'clock here on 620 CKRM. Sports Talk lives here. Welcome to another hour of the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. This is Football 101, a look at CFL news and notes with the Professor Don Hewitt. Yes, indeed, Don Hewitt joins us here with his Heroes and Zeros segment. So uh, besides the uh, weeds you're picking in your yard, which I would say you're going to chalk up to a zero, uh, Don, (laughs) Don, Don, give uh, give me your first zero from the past week. Well, I'm giving some honorable mentions this week because um, you only give me two each. Mm-hmm. Honorable mention is the Anthony Lanier con- contract. Uh, it's a tough one right now for Saskatchewan. They're, they're paying him $250,000. That's the highest salary paid to an American defensive player in the CFL. $100,000 signing bonus. He's hurt again, not at practice today. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. There's still 13 games to go, but right now they're not getting any bang for their buck, and hopefully it changes. So that's an honorable mention. My first official zero, I'm going to personify the rider injury list, if I can. Uh, if you go into the Calgary game last Saturday, uh, 10 players on a six-game injury list, six on the one-game list. That's 16. Offensive linemen, 
Peter Godber and Brandon Council are on the one-game list. I think both are back, by the way, for Vancouver. Hopefully, both missed, of course, Saturday's game against Calgary. Offensive lineman Philip Blake and Gerald Hawkins are on the six-game injury list. Uh, they're both missed, I believe, big time. So, I, I believe if Godber, Blake, and Hawkins play on Saturday, the Riders win the ball game with no question. I'm glad to hear. Uh, that Dan Farthing is apparently back doing strength and conditioning for Saskatchewan. I think he disappeared when Chris Jones showed up uh, some years ago. Dan Farthing had the job earlier, former rider receiver. Anyway, that's good news that uh, the, the organization is trying to get to the bottom of all the injuries. So I, that's the biggest zero, the uh, the rider injury list. Okay, so uh, two things on that. Number one, uh, Clint Spencer, who is the rider's um, strength and conditioning coach for the last six years. I think this is going to be his last year. He's going back home to be closer to his uh, family. So uh, that's what he's going to do. So maybe they're looking at a transitional period here because, like you said, Farthing was here before. But I do want to say this. If you look at the injury list... I don't think you can peg the injuries on our strength and conditioning. A foot, a guy in a walking boot, Hawkins tears his quad when a guy falls on him awkwardly, the Trevor Harris injury, uh, Council with a finger, Godber with a hand. That's not strength and conditioning. There, you can't hang that on Spencer. Absolutely not at the moment. A, a lot of the injuries this year, I agree with you, are just uh, unlucky sort of uh, situations uh, on the field and unlucky injuries. Uh, but it's not this year. I'm not talking this year. I'm talking uh, three years in a row where this team has been by far first for two of the years and a close second to Toronto last year. So it's not so much this year. It's been what's going on in the last three years mm-hmm. uh, where they're playing football because they didn't play in 2020. Uh, that's That's the concern but they've had a lot of bad luck that's for darn sure yeah it's a it's awful hard to critique a team when you have so many injuries i know oh everybody everybody gets injuries but i just i can't jump on the o-line and i'd like to see my d-line at full health i mean you said it best in the postgame show this team hasn't played with the same receiving core or offensive line two weeks in a row no no and i you know the guy who really feels sorry for is, is jeremy o'day who put the team together uh, over the winter and, and the organization itself, because uh, as you said, we don't know what they look like healthy. We don't, we don't have a clue. No, we don't. Really. No. Okay, Don, second zero. What do you got for another zero? Well, uh, the, I had to go with the Edmonton Elks, uh, not Chris Jones, because I've been doing him so much, uh, I'm not going to do it for a while. For tying the 1953 St. Louis Browns for the most consecutive home games with a loss by a North American major sports team, how do you do it? Uh, when you've got uh, CFL salary cap parity uh, going on, which should pretty much eliminate anything like that happening. It's interesting. I had to look up who the heck are the St. Louis Browns. Well, in 1953, they played in the American League, and following that season, they moved to Baltimore in 54 and became the Baltimore Orioles. Mm-hmm. Their, their home streak lasted from June third to july 7th 1953 they had a long home stretch in major league baseball but yeah zero goes to the Alex for tying that record and you know i believe they're going into aren't they going into winnipeg this week um yeah they're gonna break the record likely yeah for sure think. yeah and with the browns thing they're playing consecutive games in a row uh it's it, it seems right. it seems even a little worse when this is a week-to-week sport right yeah 
Yeah, it's unbelievable, and it's not good for the CFL. I think people are they are actually starting to try to cheer for the Alex and Chris Jones because it's not good for the league. I mean, no, nobody who gets to this extent is happy to watch something like this, really. No, but, I mean, Edmonton used to beat up on Saskatchewan all the time. You know more so than me, so I can't really be that sad about it, but it is. <laughs> it, it, is it is bad. It is bad for the league. Okay, Don Hewitt, now a hero. Give us a hero. Well, the top hero is Trevor Harris, without question. I mean, what a mammoth, huge positive influence that man has had on the team and Ryder Nation in such a short period of time. And the silence in the stadium when he went down um, told told that tale so well. I, I remember when Darian Grant went down once, it was pretty quiet. When I couldn't even hear a pin drop, it was when Lancaster went down. I don't know if it was 1970 or or somewhere around there. And it was, you couldn't have heard somebody cough Hmm. when Lancaster went down. And that's the silence that was heard when Trevor Harris went down. And, you know, it just, the fans love him. He's just integrated so well. And it was so sad. And, you know, last time I saw tears, in people's eyes in the stands was when the Rough Riders won the Grey Cup in 2013. And when Trevor went down, there were people with tears in their eyes in the stands. That's, you know, it's a testament to what they feel about this individual player. And we just hope with, uh, he just had a surgery that he will come back and, and is able to come back. Uh, from what I understand, the injury, the results out of surgery are, are very varied. They can be good. They can be not good. It's really uh, sort of undetermined for a while. Mm -hmm. So, but we're certainly not going to write off Trevor Harris for being back in green and white. That's for sure. But uh, it won't be this season. It's a pipe dream if you think he's coming back this year. Um, So uh, very doubtful. Yeah, he'd be back. I agree. Yeah. So Don, your last hero is. Well, I'm giving some honorable mentions really quick. Mario Alford, mm-hmm. the rider, the rider run defense versus Calgary. We got all caught up in how they lost and why they lost, but the rider run defense versus Calgary was sensational. And also, you got to give a honorable mention to Dustin Crum, the Ottawa Red oh, yeah. quarterback. First start, and he beats Winnipeg. So that's amazing. But the official hero is the rider brain trust for doing the very unusual of keeping four quarterbacks who keeps four quarterbacks how about nobody they keep four quarterbacks and they're looking real smart and doing it right now because you've got uh jake dolagala who can come right in likely or possibly possibly a second quarterback we'll see what happens with shea patterson but there's a fan survey done uh you remember it just after the uh training camp and preseason where dolagala actually beat out Mason Fine as far as the fans were concerned for who they wanted to be the second quarterback or play as the second quarterback. So that's actually a good situation. Uh, Mason Fine did throw some great passes when he was in there against Calgary. There's a few passes he threw, a few in traffic where they were great throws. So we hope it doesn't end up that he struggles and then people are wondering whether Dola Gallagher or Patterson should be in. That will remain to be seen, but the fact that they've got three quarterbacks and they know the offense ends up being a brilliant decision that they made coming out of the preseason. I agree, Don. And lastly, to wrap that up, I um, 
I think Mason Fine, if he's given some time, both uh, on the field by the offensive line and get some help with his weapons and, and they help him out, I think he has the potential, Don, to have an upside like a Jake Mayer. And, um, you know, this is it for him. This is his third year. He's got to prove he can yeah, do it. Yeah. And I'm eager to see what he can do. And uh, I'm pretty positive that he will be... He'll be pretty good. Will he have his ups and his downs? But I hope they give him yeah. a good two or three game stretch here, Don. Oh, I think they will. And and if uh, Peter Godber and Brandon Council were back at center and left tackle, as far as I understand, the practice today, so that should help. Uh, and it's no knock on the on the men that played offensive line and on Saturday night they tried very hard and gave it everything they had, but. Uh, Council is really coming on. He's starting to come on the last game before he injured his finger. He graded out pretty well at left tackle. So let's hope they're able to play, and that will help Mason Fine. Uh, lastly, who do you got, BC or Saskatchewan in this game? Do you think it can be tight at least? Well, Keith Willoughby, yeah. who the, the brilliant analytics uh, professor that you have on SportsCage, he has he has through the U of S business computers, BC a 17 point favorite. Yeah. I say, uh, I don't know if he's been on your show. Yeah, he has. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. he's on yesterday. So yeah. that's crazy that they're up 17 points. So, I mean, on paper, you know, nobody's going to pick Saskatchewan. And isn't that wonderful? Because Saskatchewan can just come into BC and let the good times roll because nobody expects them to win. So I don't think they're going to lose by 17. I'll say that. All right, Don. Thanks for your time, man. I appreciate it. Thanks, Ballsy. Huey's Heroes and Zeros. It's time to step into the radio octagon. You're tuned to the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. It's Tuesday, so we're going to hear from Glenn Suter after 5.30, and we'll replay the comments from Jeremy O'Day, the Riders GM, VP of Football Operations, as it relates to Trevor Harris and Mason Fine going forward. Harris had his surgery. Apparently it went well. He will be non-weight-bearing, meaning he can't put pressure on his right foot for six weeks. He'll be gone for the year, even though they haven't officially ruled him out. This comes from Mark G. on our text line. Yes to fine starting. I love the fact Ballsy doesn't give him a chance. When was Ballsy ever correct on a prediction? Mark, I don't know if you're into grandpa's cough syrup or maybe you're smoking the good stuff, but uh, you better tune in your radio or fix your phone because something's not working with your CKRM app because I've been saying all along, I think Mason, I'm pumped. I want to see him get three or four games. I don't know who you're listening to, but you're not listening to me, Mark. Okay, let's head out in the phone line. It's Shane, I believe, and Moose Jaw. Go ahead, Shane. It's Sean. Don't ever call me Shane, Michael. I'm just joking. Sorry, sorry. uh, (laughs) I'm I'm joking. Hey, you know what? I like this scenario. I... I, I like this because, you know, you got Trevor Harris, who's going to be on the sidelines, who will be able to coach up uh, Mason Fine. And by the way, you know, I like Trevor Horace Harris. I was calling for him when he was out in free agency. I, I saw how good this guy was. But, you know, Mason Fine, but I'll say this. It didn't look like Harris was doing much in the first two quarters of that game. I'm just going to say that. And uh, we were kind of stymied. And so, you know, when, you know, I know the professor was on talking about how the the, 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 you know, the stadium was silent. Well, you know what? This is football. This is what happens. So that I like your comment about Mason Fine being this is his third year. This is a good scenario. Let's see what he's got. I think this guy has it. I really believe it. Plus, he's got legs too. 
And I think if they coach him up right, this could be a real good case scenario. I think the point should have been to, uh, you know, back to the professor, uh, Mario Alford. Now, now we're talking. We're talking two TDs returns in a game. Like, come on. Without those two TDs, we were nowhere we were nowhere in the conversation. Yeah, but Sean, let me stop you. Not cutting you down, but uh, and I got the name right this time. Sean, <laughs> people say this all the time. I've heard a lot of people say this. Oh, but if you didn't get the lucky Hail Mary and you didn't get the two punt return touchdowns, and if Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl aren't on your team, well, the Oilers aren't any good. Well, guess what? They are on the Oilers, so my team is good. And the other thing is, is we have the best punt returner in the entire league, bar none, uh, better than Chandler Worthy, better than any, better than Grant in Winnipeg. And that is the hardest outside of a block punt or a block field goal scoop and score that is right there for the hardest play to score on and the Riders did it twice so it's not lucky it's good they count we were in the game and I look at it the other way we almost won with having an offense that wasn't doing much well no I think we're, we're talking the same kind of the same uh the same two sides of the coin. I absolutely think this. Mario Alfred's returns were giant. Yeah. They were giant. They were the difference in that game. We would not have been in that game without Mario Alfred. Yeah. I believe it, it is the hardest position to play. Not, I mean, I played football, returned, and I got smoked a couple times. <laughs> That's all. That is a hard position. And that guy is a stud. And so I guess what I'm saying is that... You know, I mean, I love Trevor. I think he's a great, I think that's a great case. Uh, I think it's a great scenario. He'll be able to coach on the sidelines, help Mason read defenses, whatever he's going to do. And uh, I just, you know, I, I think I think this is good. I think the whole the whole idea about, you know, quarterbacks pulling down, that's part of the game. It sucks. Unfortunately, it's part of the game. Yeah, for sure. Hey, Sean, thanks, man. Travel safely wherever you're going. Thanks for listening to the show. Sorry for screwing up your name. Let's go to the. Uh, let's keep going on the Western Pizza Hotline. Say hi to Leonard. Go ahead, Leonard. Good afternoon, Michael. Good afternoon, Leonard. Hey, uh, you had a guest on the show yesterday. Yeah. And according to his computer, his computer had us the spread. He had us losing to BC by 18 points, and we're not making the playoffs. Yeah, but that Michael, was his computer. Yeah. But Michael, any team can be beat in the CFL, and it's 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 we can use this. There's a perception that we are the underdog, and we can use this perception to our advantage. And I think we can go out there, Michael, and all the guys, the guys that are playing, the guys that are suited up. All they have to do is execute. Keep it simple. Just keep it simple. Stay in their own lane and play to the best of their abilities. The defensive coordinator and Dickerson got to keep just common sense coaching. Mm. Common sense coaching. Don't overthink it. Keep it simple. We go in there really relaxed. We're the underdog. They're playing at home. And we can come up with a win and beat BC. Just the way BC went to Winnipeg. In Winnipeg in a short week, beat Winnipeg. Red Blacks beat um, Winnipeg. And Montreal almost beat Toronto. Mm-hmm. Oh, I agree with you. I agree with you, yeah. Leonard. You're preaching from the pulpit, and I am crossing myself saying, oh, man. Before I let you go, though, i got to ask you this. Where, where where, are you from? What's your heritage? Are you Jamaican or what? Yeah, from the island, from the Caribbean, Jamaican, yeah. Awesome. How long have you lived here for? Since 1980. 1980. So have you liked the riders right since 1980? Yeah, I was in the, I was in the Canadian Armed Forces. Princess oh. Patricia, Canadian Light Infantryman, yeah. 
Nice, man. Well, uh, we appreciate you listening. Always enjoy your calls and texts. Have yourself a great day, okay, Leonard? Thank you very much. Take care. It's awesome, man. I love it. I love uh, different people, different, especially when they're not from here, come here and they become Rough Rider fans. Rider Nation. I know they did a survey, and I don't know if this is exactly like... I don't, it was a few years ago, okay, so it may have changed, but it went... In Canada, it went the Leafs for brand recognition among sports teams. We had the Leafs and the Habs. I can't remember if the Habs were one. Probably Leafs, too. It was 1A and 1B. Habs won, yeah. Okay, whatever, because you're a Habs fan. Anyways, it was Habs and Habs and Leafs, 1A and 1B up there. Then it was the Blue Jays. And then I think it was the Saskatchewan Rough Riders that came in fourth. Yeah, I remember seeing that exact same one. And I think, yeah, I think I don't know how how long it may have changed. Maybe the Raptors, since they won their championship, and new Canadians that have moved here and love their basketball. No one cares about the Raptors anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone. Hey, are my Padres beating your Blue Jays? Yeah, they are. Are they? Juan Soto hit a two-run home run. So. <laughs> I love, this is the game the Padres will win because. <laughs> Because of uh, Joe Musgrove's on the hill against Alec Manoa, but the Padres have a stinky bullpen, oh, so that'll be the yeah. Anyway, up to his old tricks, huh? We will uh, we'll shelve that one there, uh, the Logan Furlan one. We'll get to that uh, at the end of the show. Up next, Glenn Suter press coverage here on the Sports Cage on six twenty CKRM. And your sports ticker at 531 is brought to you by Busy Bee Overhead. Busy Bee will repair or replace your residential or commercial garage door. So you don't get stuck in or out. Catch the buzz. Busy Bee Doors, the garage door specialists. And Toronto Blue Jays, they're back on the diamond this evening, taking on the San Diego Padres. And it's the bottom of the first right now. And Alec Manoa, he's uh, back to his old tricks, unfortunately, for Blue Jay fans. Juan Soto with a two-run shot in the top of the first. San Diego with a two-to-nothing lead. Bo Bichette right now at the plate for the Toronto Blue Jays. And look at that. Bo Bichette is now on first base. So the Jays have two runners on with nobody out in the bottom of the first. Let's round the bases. Time for today's Sports Cage Regina Red Sox report on the voice of Saskatchewan. 620 CKRM. The Regina Red Sox report, a presentation of the Canadian Brew House. All the sports you can handle under one roof. Jays open up a series against San Diego today. That should be an easy sweep. My Padres are pathetic. CFL season will get going on Thursday night with Edmonton at Winnipeg. They got a great menu and drink specials, including a dollar off of tankers. Regina Red Sox struggles continue. They fell 3-2 to the Fort McMurray Giants as the Giants walked them off in nine innings. The Red Sox play Player of the game was their outstanding pitcher, Daniel Crabtree. He went eight innings, allowing only two runs. That's your Red Sox report. Every time Saskatchewan gets in second or long, they've been bringing Glenn Suter up on the outside. Sometimes they blitz him, sometimes they don't. But when he's blitzed, he's had success. And it's picked up by Suter. He runs it out of time for press coverage as former writer greats and veteran CFL football broadcaster Glenn Suter shares his unique and passionate perspective about the league we love with Rider Nation. And uh, good day to you wherever you're listening, however you're listening. Thanks for making us part of your day. The show is brought to you by Saskatchewan Lotteries, main fundraiser for over 12,000 sport, culture, and recreation groups. This segment with Glenn Suter is brought to you by our friends at Quality Tire with nine locations in Saskatchewan, qualitytire.ca. Glenn, 
That was sure. that was not just uh, you know you had the Ottawa game. Uh, you and I went for supper. We didn't see it live, but we saw the highlights after the Toronto Montreal game was a great one. And then of course that Rough Rider game. That is uh, that's a top three game in that stadium for me. Yeah, well over 500,000 viewers for all of them. I think close to 800,000 for the Ryder game, Ryder Calgary. And, um, you know, just fantastic ratings. Great showcase for what makes our game great. Uh, you know, the big returns by Alford, just spectacular. Something that only 10 players in over 100 years have done in, in the game. That's thousands and thousands of games. And, and he's one of just 10 players, the 10th player to do it. Uh, Gizmo did two in three games. He did it three times. <laughs> but, yeah. But he, he's the greatest he, of all he, time. Yes, on a different planet as far as returners. But but Alfred is, is the best in the league. I agree with you on that. And, um, you know, just just the great finishes. I, I just zoomed with, because I have Edmonton, Winnipeg, and then the BC Saskatchewan game in Vancouver this week, and I just zoomed with the Edmonton Elks players and talked to Adam Konar and uh, Kevin Brown and and Tyron Moore, former rider, and you know all of them saying they watched those games last weekend and thought, you know, you can score twice inside of three minutes in the CFL if you're down by two possessions. So you know you're looking at over eight points that you're down by, then you can still come back with a minute to go, a minute and a half to go because. If your D gets a quick two and out, you're getting the ball back within a minute. You know, so it it was like this young team all of a sudden kind of Edmonton just, you know, it just just saying, you know, we watched that game thinking if if one bad thing happens or we're down by 10 or whatever, the game is nowhere near over and it just it just I don't know. Get you out of your seat, doesn't it, Michael? Certainly does, man. I will tell you this: the the uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the ramifications coming out of the Ryder game, but let's look over here to the Edmonton Elks taking on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Now, I understand maybe Trey Ford hasn't um, hasn't uh, been what he was last year, according to Chris Jones. Uh, and basically said he's got to earn his opportunity. But, I mean, <laughs> we've seen the Nick Arbuckles. The Pipkin just signed again in Hamilton. There's a lot of guys with an American birth certificate that get a way longer leash than a guy like Trey Ford. Makes me snicker when people say there isn't an American coaching bias because whether they whether, whether they believe it or not, whether they recognize it or not, there is. Yeah, there is. Of course there is. There was when I played, and there still is. And... um you know, there's there's also politics, and you could call it a bias in the National Football League. It's mm-hmm. a bias towards their scouting staff and who they draft and who they bring into camp. If you're a first-rounder, you're getting a long, long look. If you're coming and signing as a free agent, you're not. And so, you know, your point about Trey Ford, I, I totally get what, what Chris Jones is saying with regards to earning it in training camp, earning it in the preseason. And if Trey Ford hasn't done that, then he's third on the pecking order. That's just, that's up to Trey Ford to change. However, my question will be, if he does work his way into the starting lineup, mm-hmm. is, is he going to get 26, 27 starts and only win four of them before they decide to make another change? Or is he going to get half of one game or one game maybe, and if they don't win that one, they're going somewhere else at quarterback? 
Mm. That's, that'll be the question that really determines whether or not there is bias. Uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers favored by 15 and a half points against Edmonton. Man, nobody's respecting the Elks. That's dangerous. <laughs> Winnipeg kind of overlooked Crum and Ottawa and got burned. This will be an interesting game on Thursday. Yeah, it will be. And I, and I went back and looked at some of the numbers and things. And, you know, I think Ottawa did some things that, you know, away from the final few minutes with Crum and how he played and, you know, again, this this idea that the quarterback situation is an absolute disaster. I know we've been hit, and we all hope the, for the best for Trevor. Uh, you know, I reached out to the team as well to, to send a message to him saying that, you know, everybody at TSN is just hoping for a speedy recovery. It was bad to see. But, you know, but why are, why are we doing this, Michael? Why are we assuming the young guys can't play rather than – encouraging them and getting behind them and being optimistic that they can play. Mm -hmm. And then if they prove us wrong in two months, and it would take that long, not just a game or two, but give them a month and a half, give them the Taylor Cornelius starts. And if they can't play, then we'll say they can't play. And then maybe we will have a problem at the quarterback position. But these young guys, guys like Drew Brown, guys like, you know, um, Powell in, in Hamilton or Crum in yeah, Ottawa. Or Shea or, or, or uh, Mason Fine. Yeah. That's, yeah. That was the one I was reaching yeah. for, Mason Fine. Yeah. Um, you, know, it, you know, Mason Fine's been around a couple years now. So he knows the nuance of the game. He knows the offense. He knows he's been it all through training camp. He's been in the room with Trevor every single day through the season. I, I'm not saying he's going to be the next Ricky Ray. Not yet. But I'm also not saying it's a disaster because they're young. Well, it's Nathan Rourke. Nathan Rourke was young last year. Yeah, and I mean, you're talking. You can't. Here's the thing: we get trapped into too, Glenn, as we start comparing Mason Fine, uh, Dustin Crum, um, Taylor Cornelius, all these guys. We start comparing them with Ricky Ray and Nathan Rourke. Those are otherworldly talents. Nobody walks in like Ricky Ray and just starts chucking it around the yard flawlessly. Nobody, like, you said at supper the other night, I thought it was great. Hey, he had a great nine games, and we both think Nathan Rourke is a, is unbelievable. But he was a shooting star. He was a shooting star. Maybe defenses catch up to him in a whole year. You don't know. Maybe he was going to have some ups and downs. Like, that. we can't get into this, well, he's, he's no good. He only played two games. So that was my, or he played two games, he's no good. That's my question to you. If you're the Riders, it's interesting here because we know they got to win because these guys are, and as Coach Dickinson will tell me, these guys, every coach is on a win now. It doesn't matter your contract. But Dickinson and O'Day don't have contracts. So they, they want to win, right? Uh, Mason Fine, um, how long would you give them? Four games? Three, four games? Well, that, that, I don't think you can even put a number on it. Like, I, I don't think you say Mason Fine is the guy now. You, you empower him, mm-hmm. and, he's, and he's your new leader. And if you, you know, if you have a package for Shea Patterson, yep, and which and they you do, want to run, some, yeah, which you run some beer, which we saw in the last game. If you want to do that, that's great. And then he can also take some reps if Mason is is struggling or not seeing it. Maybe he plays a series or two. There's there's ways to do that. I mean, I've seen platoon quarterbacks work very well in the past. You know, you you can. There's lots of examples of that. So, 
the the putting a number on it, I, I don't think we have to do that. I, I think what you do is you look at Mason and you go, if they lose two in a row with him as a starter, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I don't believe that'll happen, but if they did, then you look at how they lost. You know, did they lose because their defense couldn't stop the run? Did they lose because they gave up three explosion plays that were all touchdowns in the fourth quarter? Did they lose because there were three fumbles by running backs? You know, you you look at all the reasons and the actual facts of it, and then you go, well, Mason, Mason played his. He did his part. So why would we pull him, right? So I, I just – I look at it and I think – it's not a crisis. It's not. It's it's a lot of young guys. It's a developmental moment in CFL at the quarterback position, without question, especially with Trevor going down. But uh, that doesn't mean it's bad. We've seen nothing but exciting games. They're going to be close. There's good defenses. We have guys like Mario Alford that can score twice on punt returns. You won't see that in the NFL in a season. Well, not anymore. Absolutely not, especially with the fair catch and all this other stuff. Yeah, it's a great thing about our league. And the Riders score a touchdown with 42 seconds to go. Um, and in the NFL, in the NFL, she's over. And Calgary gets down to kick a 50-yard field goal to win it in 42 seconds. The only thing I would have loved to have seen different from the Riders' defense there is hold the guy up at the end because I don't know that Trey Odom's Dukes had situational awareness there. He didn't. I don't think he knew to get down because he was fighting for extra yards when he finally went down. If the Riders could have somehow let him run for a bit or hold them up, maybe the clock would have drained. Yeah, possible. You know, it's a, it's a good thing. I mean, I remember many times being in the huddle saying that and saying that's something we should do. Now, I I also know that the officials will give it a two count. It might be two to four seconds that if you hold them up, you get those off the clock. But it won't be much more than that because once his forward progress is stopped, they will blow it dead at a certain point, even if he's not down. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, there there's that. But... You know, and again, that that Hail Mary wasn't a fluke. That Hail Mary was part of the game, and it was great athleticism and concentration by Tevin Jones. Uh, a nice throw to, to give him a chance, and it was a mistake by Moxie. Moxie not knocking it down on third down made a human error in the middle of a real important point, and they were fighting on the Calgary sideline, he and, he and other players, because someone said, hey, all you had to do was knock it down, and he didn't like that. But that's true. So, you know, we you have the human element with, um, you know, a missed tackle or a, a, a mental mistake like giving up a single when it's a tie game and, three, and a minute and a half left, <laughs> you know, going back a couple of weeks ago. So yeah. the human element, great athleticism, a wide open field is is what we saw this past weekend, and it was entertaining as it gets. Okay, so let's end on a positive note. Uh, the uh, upper bowl is ready to go in BC, so attendance won't be an issue. The, they're, they're smashing watermelons. It'll be a festive atmosphere. And the week six ratings, like you said, continuing on the week five ratings, I saw something from Steve Simmons crushing MLS. Uh, Average like 560,000 on TSN week five. MLS on ABC a country 10 times the size, only 343,000, and it dwarfed NHL on e, uh, ESPN and TNT. So, I mean, we got to promote the, the good here and really focus on that. 
Well, I've seen I've seen tweets and, and articles and things written online that um, bring up when when our ratings are down by one or two percent from one week to another. They'll say uh, ratings of TSN concern they're down two percent will be the headline on Twitter, and I'll read the article and you know somewhere there was a game in Montreal that didn't get the, the great rating or whatever. I, I haven't seen any that say we're up by thirty percent, which is what it's been over the last couple of weeks. I haven't seen the rating that says. We have crushed 10 times soccer. And I'm not criticizing soccer. So if you're a soccer fan, good for you. Mm-hmm. I love it. Enjoy it. Have fun with it. Whatever. But the, the reality is, and I've said this, anytime the ratings have come up on the show or any other show in the country, we get, uh, on average, oh, around 500,000, between 450 and 500,000 on average for the CFL. The MLS in our country is around 40 to 80,000, 10 times less than CFL ratings. It's not even close. The rating that you mentioned was an American rating with, like you said, 10 times the population, and they didn't beat us. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, and, and I don't think we have to bring it up every week either, by the way. Not you and I. I mean, like, people that write about these things. I, I, don't, I don't see why it matters. It doesn't matter to me if I'm a fan. It really, I mean, it matters to, I guess, the accounting department that are trying to sell corporate sales and the television shows or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, really quickly before we got to go, because I know we got to go, my my favorite part of the TV show yesterday, I don't know if you saw it on the replay, was an interview with the great Ray Algar mm-hmm. by our Brett Dort on the sideline. And Brett asked Ray, you must enjoy coming back to Mosaic Stadium. What have you loved about it this time? And he said, well, I love the free buffet. <laughs> <laughs> you knew he'd say that. That's hilarious, man. Uh, spoken like Elgard. Thanks for your time, Glenn. We'll talk to you on Thursday. Okay, thank you, Michael. Take care. Glenn Suter for press coverage. Okay, Sastel, pick the score. You can uh, call in right now, 936-6262. If we pick you, put you on the air, you pick the score, I'll tell you the further ramifications. 936-6262 in town, toll free, out of town. one 767 here on 620 CKRM.